where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love pleasure. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. Consider yourself lucky. I consider myself lucky. I was not fatally raided by the FBI today. Did you hear about that one? Now, in fairness, it sounds like that guy did some shit or posted some shit. At least that's the story as presented. He uh, he said, hey, Joe Biden's coming over to Salt Lake area. I'm going to prepare my ghillie suit and my sniper rifle. And then the FBI visited him. And I, I haven't seen specific details yet, but it ended fatally for him early morning this morning. Yeah. So I, I can't say I've said something quite that uh, inviting for the feds to come a knocking, but, um, but yeah, I, I'll be very curious to see exactly what happened. Uh, or I, I assume we're going to hear some version of the story. Uh, they showed up, he pointed a gun and, uh, the rest is, is the rest. As always, we don't have the whole picture, S- something like that. But anytime there's a, a fatal FBI raid, uh, on a guy's house, even if the guy was being threatening in his, uh, social media behavior, it's a little unnerving. Uh, so we'll have to see what information comes out on that. And then did you see um, Jack Smith, special counsel Jack Smith? He got a search warrant for Trump's Twitter account and got, uh, I, I guess, like the I don't know how much data on Trump's Twitter account he got, but records from Trump's Twitter account, possibly even, I don't know, DMs. Like you can you can steal Trump's DMs, I guess. In fairness, they had a search warrant, so I guess it wouldn't be theft. But the thing is, they got the search warrant and recovered the records from Trump's uh, Trump's Twitter account without disclosure to Trump, which was a move that Twitter initially fought, but apparently complied later. Really? So what they, t- they even find on there? Is these DMing folks? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's probably Trump DMs straight to, uh, you know, people on January 6th. Hey fag, you coming or not? You better get there. <laughs> I don't know. something like that. But seriously speaking, the idea of, Uh, The DOJ or the feds getting search warrants to harvest your potentially private social media information. I understand search warrants are search warrants and there has to be a process for that. But without even notification to you, without even disclosure to you that they've swiped it. That's uh, that's a scary thing to think about, too. Anyway, uh, those were just the two news items that caught my eyes today. I haven't, uh, I've been a little bit off of, uh, the internet for the day and out of the news cycle, but, uh, crazy things going on. Um, of course tonight it will be a call in show as usual. Most of you are familiar with how that operates, but if you are new to the show and you're curious about how to participate, uh, there are instructions for how to do so in the uh, description of whatever video platform you may be viewing. If you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. One and only way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We'll get to those to close the stream as we do each week. And we'll uh, check in with your super chats every half hour as well. Anything else before we get to it? Let's do it. All right. Uh, 
McManity. McManity, are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Well, not much. How are you guys doing this evening? We are Good, well. How are you? I'm oh, doing pretty well. Uh, been, been a while since I called in. Um, didn't I remember really... the name? Yeah, but it seems it seems distant in my memory. Yeah, I think the last time that we talked, it got kind of heated. Oh um, shit! What did we talk about? Best. Um, kind of Richard Parker and I had been on the, we're, we're still on the same page, um, hmm. with a lot of things, but it was a Richard Parker type of call. Um, tonight, not, not related to that. Um, just had a lot of stuff going on. Um, moved, a uh, little over a month ago. Um, so our moves kind of lined up within like a week of one another. Did you stay in the um, same area? You're talking about a, a long distance move. Um, still in the Midwest. Um, mm-hmm. just moved north. Um, so not not too far away. Um, but still further from where I was. So getting adjusted to stuff, new job, new everything. Um, well, congratulations. I hope it's for the better. But uh... I I definitely ways to go up. Um, from my position right now as opposed to well i'm changing out price labels so rather than change out price labels i can go work for corporate somewhere Mm. yeah at least i'm out of that type of thing Um, that that point i think hits uh everybody at some point in the professional world where it's like all right this is basically the ceiling of what i can do at this particular spot am i content with riding this out for the foreseeable future or am i going to go for something else and I don't think you always have to go for something else. Sometimes it's like, I like what I got and it gives me a lot of comfort and it gives me a lot of uh, flexibility to do all the other things in my life. But apparently you had higher ambition. Yeah. Yeah. More, more than changing out price labels. Um, I suppose, but I, There's nothing wrong with that. I though. guess, Yeah, but I guess, I guess where tonight would go. Um, one of the things that I would always kind of, come to in my mind i found myself always angry with the state of things um and thinking thinking about just how shitty how shitty it is sitting in this part of the galaxy paying taxes to pedophiles while changing (laughs) up price labels and this and this and this i laugh because it hurts not because it's a preposterous premise that's why i laugh yeah yeah and it's like at that point it's right yeah of course you kind of feel shitty doing this and this and this. Yeah. And even, even though now everything kind of seems to be on the right track, um, there's still that, I don't know if anxiety is the right word or just frustration with the way things are going, even though things are going well, there's just discontent and it's trying to find some type of, um, some type of greater purpose um with everything Hmm. um and i you know what i I guess the question that i'd ask you guys is when you're moving somewhere somewhere new um advice for i guess advice for finding a group of people Hmm. um i'd been i'd been looking in the uh i guess the meetup page Mm -hmm of the website um, looking through the spreadsheet and there's not a whole lot of people updated on there 
Um, like people kind of here and there um, sporadically pop up, but just not a ton of people. Yeah, there's so, al- there's always that option, and I certainly wouldn't um I wouldn't point to that as the the go to, but it's certainly um you know a, a resource with a possibility. But if if I was doing this again, and I look back at how I I haven't moved to a new place in a long time. The last time I did was when I went to California and knew almost nobody, and yeah. I handled it about as socially about as poorly as you could. I I went to work and I played Xbox. And I tried to save my money and that eventually worked out all right because, you know, I, I saved enough money to come back here and, and start up what I have now and live a life I think is much more suited to me. But I lived, uh, you know, I lived a hermit lifestyle when I was there. And if I was doing that again, uh, I would look at two places. I would look at church and I would look at some sort of like group uh, physical activity or fitness class or something, some sort of group setting where people are active that you can join um, both yep. because that's great for your health, but you're also going to find the right kind of people in that situation. People who are interested in taking care of themselves, people who are uh, probably of a similar mindset, all of that. But at the beginning, so, you can't be discerning about who you hang out with. Yeah. And it's one of the things that crosses my mind repeatedly. I used to play hockey all the time. Yeah. Um, but the issue that I've come across is just schedule with work. Yeah. Um, because ice slots, it's like 10, 11 o'clock at night. That's the only sheet of ice you can get. Mm. And then I've got, I've got to be up at four o'clock in the morning for a five o'clock shift. And then it's not feasible really that way. So I guess trying to figure out the way in which to do things and meanwhile everything politically it's just craziness yeah. and kind of being pulled in one way pulled in another way am i in the right spot right now maybe it's um, time for a new activity or a new club of some kind you know maybe something you don't have experience with i got you i got you it's always tough to roll into something new and be like well i have, I have no idea how this works i have no experience with this but in ways, I think sometimes that can work to your benefit, too, because people who are a part of that will naturally have to potentially assist you or instruct you, and you'll build relationships that way. Yep. I gotcha. I gotcha. Easier said than done, though, man. It's, uh, it's You move to a new place, and you don't know really anybody there? Is that the situation? Like, some some people at work. Yeah. Um, but it's it's... I'm like, mid to late twenties and coworkers yep. are in their thirties, forties, fifties. That was the situation really? for me. You know, I show up in, in California and I'm like, okay, I'm like 23. I think I started that job on my 23rd birthday. And, um, and it's like, okay, I work in an office with mostly middle-aged women now. Uh, what the hell yeah, is this what do you about? Do with that? Cause I just came out of a college setting where all your friends are immediately available all the time. Now I have almost no peers. And even where you do have peers, I was always the type of person where I just want to keep my professional world and my friend world sort of strictly separate for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, Not that I'm not friendly with people at work, but I just don't want personal involvement to complicate uh, professional settings, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I've I've always been pretty put it bluntly kind of socially retarded so it's like <laughs> yeah gr- growing up didn't have a lot of friends like one or two people hanging out with and it's all you need though you'd rather have yeah. quality over quantity 
All right, man. Well, yeah. uh, good luck with that situation. I know, I know it's tough to do, but I applaud your ambition and I think you'll find what you're looking for. Um, did you have any other thoughts before we let you go? Um, kind of off topic. Um, Patriot Fund? Are they feds? Or are they not feds? What I think they're your... feds. They're a little, they're they're little mixed. Yeah, I have received a handful of communications of people telling me they're absolutely not feds. Me too. And every time but then I, I get, I get some that are like, they're absolutely are feds. <laughs> I'm, I'm open. I just, whenever I am told that they are completely legit, it's like, okay, who are they? Who's in the group? What's the deal with them? And then it's like, well, I can't tell you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I, then I'm suspicious. I'm, I'm open to the evidence. I'm not saying I obviously don't know. I don't know who they are, but that's what makes me suspicious of them is being I'm not the most well connected in this area, but it's like you've heard of people who are in the Proud Boys. You've heard of people who are Oath Keepers. Patriot Front, who? I just I don't know who they are. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying I don't know who they are. And that's weird. I'm suspicious. Is it it something like along the lines of like a Northwest Front? Um, where they aren't outright, but if you're in the group, you kind of know the other people that are there. Or yeah, I don't no, know. I think Northwest Front is more legit. But I've met people from Northwest Front. I've never met anybody from Patriot Front. So, so Northwest Front isn't a honeypot. I'm sure they've got some feds, but every group does. Yeah. All is right, it even yeah. worth it if there are no feds in there? You know. Join the local Patriot Front chapter. That's how you'll find your camaraderie. I think. No, I lost him a little bit. Bad connection, maybe. Oh, can you hear me? Uh, We lost you for a second, but final word if you want it. Uh, No, that's it. I guess that's how I'm going to meet my posse. All right. Sounds good, man. Uh, Good luck. Good night, guys. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. I have to pee. All right. I'll get JD1492 in here. JD, are you there? JD. What's good? Oh, yeah, there we go. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, Blonde had to step out to uh, tend to a biological function for a moment, but. Well, that's. We'll catch yeah, her up when she gets fine. back. Fine on her end. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I don't know. I want like that. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I uh, sent in a. Uh, question just regarding the the scott greer article i don't know if you want to talk about that i also had like uh uh interesting uh i can't remember what that is uh, who who is scott greer that's ringing a bell but i don't know what the situation is oh he he wrote an article saying uh we should not you know adopt the left's downward dysfunction i guess of a certain uh uh uh, I don't know. Uh, specific. Uh, I'm trying to phrase this right. Uh, uh, demographic of society. I guess you'd you'd say <laughs> to please Raja Muhan and all. I'm not. I, mean, I was going to say you're doing a very good job being uh, polite here because I'm not exactly sure I follow. Well, it was a. Uh, it was a redneck chic, uh, the the right. Oh sort of yeah, adopting okay. the redneck chic. Sort okay, of I remember that being mentioned, but I yeah, I don't have a thorough idea of what or a thorough understanding of what that is. 
Uh, it's sort of like the uh, the sort of redneck hick trailer trash. Sorry, Dell. I know I think you're a good guy, but sort of aesthetic. To it's Maud who you have to the, apologize to, and the and the double oh, wide and Maud. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while. But yeah. yeah, to to pander to that sort of demographic with uh, I don't know, Marjorie Taylor Green, sort of just uh, oh, so the, this is like saying we should pander, is this saying sort of is this saying on. we should ditch the Hicks or embrace the Hicks? I'm confused. Well, it's like. They're adopting the same sort of like eat the rich rhetoric. And it's like, oh, okay. look, guys, I want to climb the ladder. I want to yeah. aspire to have a, a a four bedroom house with a with a bathroom and a lawn, white picket fence, a Cadillac in the driveway, a Corvette in the garage. I don't want to live in a double wide. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I want to aspire to move upward, but we're adopting like this eat the rich, you know, sort of mentality and like uh everyone uh there was a couple specific instances where like uh this uh i don't know scott pointed out like this sort of trashy single mother who was uh against some other uh i guess uh pardon me raja muhan but uh certain demographic who is uh causing a nuisance and we'd all just flock to this like single mother you know trashy you know lady because she stood up against this other certain demographic you know and it's like and uh oh i see okay right-wing politicians sort of you know play to that uh uh trailer park sort of lowbrow i'm sure they're hardworking people but they just play to that sort of uh uh elc sort of trailer aesthetic it's too much I, hick I'm pandering wording, just... blonde doesn't like yeah. the hicks you can hate the hicks i don't i don't like hicks i don't like this hick aesthetic i'm not like pro-white through and through you know it's like how an educated black person looks at ghetto blacks and is like Ugh. i feel when i look or like at white how hicks, i look at cyclists or street skiers cyclists at least are like they're like upscale you know no they're they're this... trash okay. i don't want to hear I mean, any these lies i listen to bannon and bannon's always railing against like the the harvard educated people but i i'd want to have something to strive for, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. you know. Well, I guess I guess I'd be curious for. Home. I wonder what he would say because I understand the animosity toward the Harvard educated because that is all but a commie factory these days. I wonder if he would say for that reason, or would he say that just like elite educational institutions in principle are bad? And I don't know how he'd answer that question. I I certainly would. I don't like Harvard right now because it's a commie factory, not because I oppose uh, high standard uh, elite academic institutions where merit wins the day. I don't have anything in opposition to that on principle. But right now they're manufacturing the communists who run <laughs> run the country. That's yeah. the problem. I don't know. I think it. we just have to um, build up our own uh, uh, institutions, our own... Uh, 
I'm trying to think of it. We've got to make our own Harvards, uh, and no Hicks will be allowed. No David Hoggs either. We're going to bring it back to a real high society. Yes, like, uh, I don't know, start with Hillsdale and maybe build another ivory tower sort of institution out, out that way in Grand right. Rapids. Uh, I think uh, Squarespace is also doing a great, not to plug Squarespace or anything, but get out of here. Get, uh, no, finish your thought. Finish your thought. Those small businesses all, you know, coordinating together and, and finding like minded consumers and individuals and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, me to... yeah, uh, I, it, it's never been easier to do some kind of uh, online side hustle or even build uh, an entire online business. I know I, I know it's not easy to do. I'm not saying that. Um, but with the way that online commerce has developed over the last uh, you know decade or so, if you've got even a very niche product that there's a very small market for, you can find that market and you can really... Yeah, um, exploit you, it. Yeah, I mean, I always hate using that word because it sounds predatory or something. Obviously, it's not. It's like you might make something that only 100 people in the world are interested in buying. And before, there was no way to access those people because they live all across the country or all across the world. Now, though, if you make that thing that those 100 people really want, you can find them. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's great for both parties involved. It's it's really awesome if you're if you're making something, you can find the buyer for sure. Yeah, I was thinking about starting like a rumble channel, become like a, a fitness guy, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't I don't know, but I've seen while that crowd kind of ends up and I'm kind of apprehensive about it and becoming I know like it's really saturated in that sense. I'm just weary so is everything it. though. Yeah. Whether you want to talk politics or you want to talk guns or you want to talk fitness, um it's everything is saturated, but the, you know, same idea. If you've got something special, you can still compete. And just cause there's a lot of people doing it doesn't mean you can't do it better if you're motivated to do it. Yeah. And I know you talked about the consistency aspect of it too. So there's that. Yeah. For anyone looking, t- I know I make a particular type of digital content uh, that wouldn't necessarily be true for everybody doing all different genres, but at least from my experience, um, you would certainly have to start with the expectation that it is pure hobby for fun. Enjoy it for its own sake. Maybe it becomes something down the line. Um, but if you go in with the expectation of like, I'm going to make money tomorrow, you will burn out. Yeah, and, you're uh, going to yeah. all flat in your face. Yeah. So kind of a slow it, grind. Then. And it takes a long time to uh, <laughs> I, I would say perfect your craft. But look at my craft. It is certainly not perfected. But then again, you go back and you look at, say, like the first episodes of our Sunday show. Um, if you think they're crappy now, look how crappy they were back then. And you can I'd, see I'd say it has like a hint of patina to it. And yeah. You know, it, it has we were on to something. Hair. Yeah. It, you know, we have a little redneck aesthetic, but not too much. Back in the start, it might have had too much hick aesthetic. No, or we were hick never hick. I resent that. I just mean it was like it was lowbrow. No. <laughs> now it's highbrow with like no. You know, what do I have like a dozen <laughs> uh, sounders about people having AIDS and being gay at my disposal? Now it's highbrow. You're acting queer. There we go. It took too long, but all right. All right. You guys take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> have a great night. Yep. Uh, okay. Aeolian is up next. Aeolian, are you there?
I am indeed. How are we doing, guys? I'm hungry. We are well. What's on your mind? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess... Let me, let me put it up to you guys. Do you want two black pills and one white pill? Or one black pill and two white pills? Three black one pills. One black pill. No, shut up, Skag. <laughs> one black pill, two white pills. I'm having a terrible day. I need All everybody right. to uplift. Uplift me. All right. All right. Well, here's the uplifting bit. Uh, first black pill first. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Do we get a choice on that? What if we want a sandwich? What if we want a reverse Oreo? Cream oh, on the outside. Well. The, the, the train has inside. left. The train has left, Matt. Oh, okay, <laughs> Here, fine. We're, we're Go going. ahead. And, and I mean, you might have seen this already, but literally released today from uh, the House Representatives uh, Judiciary Committee. It's another, you know, letter to the director of the FBI saying that, oh, we want more information about the FBI spying on traditional Catholics, and we know that there was communication between the Richmond Field Office and other field offices. So we thought it was just from one. It was like, you know, from one, you know, skulking, miserable, uh, you know, backroom person who had no real authority to do anything. No, okay, mm -hmm. there were formal communications between multiple field offices of the FBI, and this memo was passed around saying, oh, traditional Catholics, uh, you know, radical traditional Catholics who attend the Latin Mass, they are opportunities for... Um, what was exactly it? Midi they, they present new mitigation opportunities. So mitigation like, oh. of what? <laughs> mitigation of racial, uh, racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists. What? Yeah. The Catholics are committing racial hate crimes? No, 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 no. The radical traditional Catholics. That's who we're talking mm. about here. Yeah. It's just like, oh, well. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. No, nothing else is going to change that targets on my back. Um, I didn't put it there. Somebody else put it there. Oh, wait, God put it there. <laughs> he is the one like he is the one who said, if they hate you for my name, you will have. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm not. I'm not even going to quote the Gospels right now. I'm, I'm in no mood to um, not because I not because they're bad, but because I'm in, in just like. Uh, whatever. I had I have one too many beers. Ah. You don't sound very drunk. Well, I mean, I did just have a very and here's the first white pill. Um, I did just have an amazing beer ale with jalapenos from okay. a local brewery in Yankton and uh Yankton, South Dakota. That's near to me. Uh so if you're ever in the in the area, I'm gonna get you send you guys home with a six pack of this stuff because it's like not spicy, it tastes like you know, it tastes like a non-spicy roasted pepper, and it's amazing. I, uh, I've, I've had peppered beer only a couple times. There was a uh, chocolate habanero brew of some sort yeah. in one of our local local breweries, and it was, um, it was not good. I did not enjoy it, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I'll take your word for it. It's the most uh, goddamn see, faggy the thing you've ever seen. Peppered and spicy. You probably had a like. Chocolate it was spicy. It was. It, yeah, yeah. If you've ever had like uh, you ever had a, a chocolate bar with peppers in the chocolate bar. Yeah. Like dark chocolate. Yeah, and it's a great. Color. Yeah. It, it made it tasted like that. And I I don't like that. But, you know, whenever I'm the sort of person that whenever I see a really weird beer uh, on the menu, I'm going to order it unless it's an IPA, in which case I'm out. But if it's creative yeah. through other means, I'm going to try it. And so that what was everyone's one. beef with IPA. It's They're disgusting. 
I don't know. It's it's it, kind of a basic beer. No, the, it's the not. Is over, no, in my opinion, like it's just. Oh, it's really bitter. Great. Yeah, uh, what else? It's got a lot of foam. beer bitter. Uh, not like IPAs. IPAs, uh, they come. They always combine all the tastes I hate the most, like grapefruit and pine, mm. and I don't know, a skunk's ass, and <laughs> turpentine, <laughs> and they're all the rest. Yeah, I just IPAs are the the cyclists of the beer world. They're just as hipster too. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I think, and then here's the second white pill. Then we're just gonna get more white pill from now. So if last time I called in i don't know that must have been a few months ago uh i tell everyone i left my last job but actually the monday i got back from seeing family i subconsciously messed up some inventory stuff and i guess my boss was just having a really shitty day so i got pulled in that day and said i think it's best if we part ways Hmm. i had already submitted an application to a maintenance position at my church. So I had the interview already lined up that, that week. So it's just like, Oh my gosh, that last week of May was another moment. And just Mm -hmm. like, Lord, you are like putting me where you want me to be. And this new job, it's, it's a five 30 to two, you know, so it's an early wake up, but you know what? I am keeping I didn't build this house, but I am keeping this house of God safe and lovely. And it's amazing. I, I love this job. I love the old guys who I work with. I learn, I'm learning a ton from them, right? Today, we just tore out a bunch of old, uh, a bunch of old roofing, uh, a bunch of old roofing panels that were all like, like rotted away and we just replaced it all. And tomorrow we're going to get up there with steel roofing and do it properly this time because the remodelers from like, 25 years ago were just mm. you know slapdash and crap like that so yeah you know what it's great it beats it beats being on a forklift for 11 hours a day in the heat sure yeah well, i'm i'm glad to hear it worked out i'm glad to hear you find something or you found something that's that's more to your uh well just more suited to your finding purpose and feeling fulfilled and all of that that's uh it, it's it's great when things feel a little reckless and work out perfectly in that way and um, it's not to say that you should be uh, you you should be thoughtful in your career moves, but you should be uh, you should be willing to take risk in that way. And it sounds like risk paid off for you for so so good for uh, you, man. Oh yes, in like the worst possible way. Like I I was at the level of not caring at my old job that I was just I I just completely dropped pack. Like there was no yeah. there's no getting well, me back into a mode of oh. I'm going to climb the corporate ladder and in yeah. you know, five years yeah. I'm making, I'm making like $3 more an hour. And then that's a good indicator. And actually, you know, even it, it, it sounded like maybe you had been a little short or like, I don't know, a little rude or something on your way out. But I, I gather exactly what you're saying, which is like, it became clear to you that you weren't supposed to be doing that. Am I understanding correctly? Like, it, yes. So, okay. in, in, like very quickly. So, but you know, I have a feeling that, because also I, I entered the, I really only entered the workforce, you know, the workforce proper after COVID because I was in the Marines. I was oh. on active duty in the Marines. So it's just like, oh, this is what most people experience. They have a job that sucks away all of the initiative and the joy of life from them. 
oh my gosh, yeah, this if you, sucks. If you find yourself in that situation where you're strategizing how to do the minimum possible and get away with it, which is the situation we were in before doing this uh, YouTube stuff too, um, mm-hmm. it is a good indicator you should just... For yourself and your own satisfaction, you should be shopping elsewhere. But I think out of honesty to that employer, too, it's like if, if you if you are strategizing for how to minimize your role in that company, there's a certain, I don't know, maybe dishonesty is too strong of a word, but. That, yeah, no, that, that is that is certainly the case. And I yeah. never wanted to be in that position uh, where I was like just pulling the wool over somebody's eyes. Yeah. When I joined, it was like, oh, wow, hey, look, like my immediate experience from the Marines, like landed me a quick promotion and hey, this is great. Um, And then things just kept piling up and piling up. And it's just like, oh, wait, I talked to everybody in the office, like all the guys my age. And they're like, dude, I wish I was just out there with you. It's like, dude, I wish I was in the air conditioning. Wait, do both of us hate our jobs? (laughs) So I don't know. It it, it soured very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I was so, so grateful to. And that's uh, okay too. You know, sometimes yeah. you get a job and, and you, th- you think it's going to be exactly what you're looking for and it isn't. And there's not a failure or mm-hmm. anything wrong with moving on. It's just not the right thing. And I think um, it's the same thing with relationships too. We've talked about that all the time. It's like, well, I'm in this role and it works for the purposes for which I need it. So I should stay in this role out of convenience. It's like, no, nah, if it's not, if it is not providing you with purpose and fulfillment, figure out and find something that is. And uh, it sounds like you have, and that's really great. Yep. That, that is a very, very good, um, very good thing to keep in mind. I'm still on the, I'm still in the wife hunt. And, you know, when mm-hmm. you're searching among the, you know, the radical domestic terrorists in the traditional Catholic, right. yeah. you know, <laughs> traditional Catholic scene, it's yeah. uh, slim pickings. You have to cast a wide net. Um, Lots of them out in Idaho. <laughs> I would imagine the uh, the I'm church is going to serve you well on that on that uh, particular search, though. So oh, good well, luck. It'll man. all be part of God's plan. Yeah. And 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 in the meantime, you know, I get to enjoy you know all of my all of my you know brothers and sisters you know having kids. One yeah. nephew's already born, and we got more on the way this Great. year. So cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. I'm glad to hear it, and uh, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. You as well. Bye. Okay. Um, we are due for a break, so we'll have to take one here. We're good on Rumble. We're good on Odyssey. Thank you guys over there, uh, over on YouTube and Tippy. You want to start or you want me to start? Go ahead. Uh, Captain Norway says, congratulations with another baby girl blonde and you a baby boy, Matt. I'll keep you in my prayers and hope everything goes well during the pregnancy. Keep making them kids. The gay wars is upon us before you know it. <laughs> Thank you, nope, Captain last one. Hope you're doing well. Uh, no, I, I mean, no one believes you, but you can keep saying Why? It. Why would you not believe me? I'm telling you. I'm not doing this again. This pregnancy has been a nightmare. At least two more after this, I guarantee it. Absolutely not. I'm done. <laughs> For my own mental health, I can't have any more kids. Bill this. At the gym, I just saw a CNN headline, Florida educators concerned about teaching Shakespeare to do DeSantis Law sensationalism and exaggeration maybe yeah um i saw on cnn the other day uh they're worried about um about like people dressed as ben franklin or whatever are all worried about this tranny in school thing i'm like that this is not the demographic 
that that laws what? are targeting. This is yeah. just a catch-all, like a way for them to throw it back, like they're educators or something like that. Why are they worried about Shakespeare? Because of sexuality or I assume, is there gay stuff in Shakespeare? I can't even really remember. I'm trying to think of an example, but I'm not a great Shakespeare mind. I'm sure there's some gay stuff. Yeah, it's uh, the the idea is you're not supposed to go into class and say, hey, kids, want to talk about butt sex? Yeah, and it's pretty much basically uh, what they're doing now. as simple as that. As long as you stay clear of that line, you'll probably be fine. I hate my piece of shit co-host. Why? Honestly, I think you guys make a great team together. Oh, I would never. Jeez. Oh, my God, bro. Oh, my God. Satan. You know, George Soros really reminds me of myself sometimes. I think <laughs> I'll spare him when I destroy humanity. You know, I I was I was really hoping Jesus Christ tuned in to listen to the show. But Satan, I guess I'll have to settle for. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I guess it, it's probably more fitting that Satan listens to our show, I suppose. That thief. I really wish it had been blonde who had beat me with that stick. That video was just I really needed that, you know, like emotionally. Those Indians, you know. Just needs one to hit him with a stick, one to hold him. Well done. Do we I haven't seen is there any resolution on whether they're gonna get charged? I should look into that. I don't know. Uh it's probably out by now. That bicyclist on the road, I think you should be shot too, blonde. I don't want to shoot bicyclists. I want to run them off the road with my car. Fair enough. Um, Fraggle, Fraggle. The next generation should be called the wanted generation since they weren't aborted. All the animals in the world are gone. Uh, you have to choose between becoming a vegetarian or eating lab-grown meat. Ooh. Ooh which one do you pick? I don't Man, know. I don't know. Do, I'm, I might. I might do we have to... preliminary studies on like the effects of eating lab-grown meat? Well, my initial reaction is like try to go with the vegetarian because that's going to be closer to the natural world. But then I remember, you know, if you, if you buy any produce at the store, and I'm not saying I don't wish I grew all my food, I clearly do not. But the idea that all of the produce that I'm buying is, you know, fresh out of nature's garden and not equal, maybe it's not on the level of lab meat, but it's got to be closer than I'm than I'm thinking it is. There's so much genetic modification and so much yeah, laboratory work already done on that. So maybe it's kind of a, maybe the distinction I'm making in my head is not all that meaningful. It's like, oh, I I definitely won't eat that lab-grown crap. Meanwhile, it's like every single plant product I'm eating is is a modified, uh, is a modified thing. Uh, Should we circle back? Uh, We can. Uh, So I guess, I don't know. Well, is my answer that I'll try the meat? Careful how I phrase that. Oh, he'll try the meat. I'll try the meat. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider it. Thank you guys um, for your chance. I'll have to just circle back with you. We'll uh, come back to them at the top of the hour. Appreciate it. Hey, look who's here! It's Red Falcor. It's proof. Proof. You're live. Whatever you're talking about. Careful. Hey, guys. what's on your mind, man? <laughs> no plotting, or the FBI will come kick down your door and shoot you in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talking about some spicy stuff here. Ah. Uh. Kids in cages, but uh, but that's a whole other um, topic. So let's let's get, let's m- move on here. Um, I am uh, turning forty on s- 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 Sunday. Well, happy nice. birthday! Um, uh, uh, I will be uh, if I were single, I would be officially over the line of what. Blonde regarded as attractive. 
back in the 40s, day. Forties, the ceiling. Back in the day, so single men. <laughs> yeah, but I was back I was younger. Now yeah. I would have to date like an eighty-year-old if I were on so many. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, are you? I, 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 is this uh, like a milestone of significance to you, or are you just saying, "Yep, I'm turning 40. It is what it is." What's your perspective? Yeah, it's a big number to me. I mean, you know, it's it's a milestone for for me, me as much as uh, anything. Can be. I mean, I th- think I'm tr- trying to m- make it symbolic more th- than it actually is symbolic. So, so there's some discrepancy there, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, I, uh, um, I had, last year I turned 35. I'll, I'll turn 36 this year. Okay. And 35 was sort of a similar even number for me, where I thought. In fact, I think we said it on on the stream. At the time of my birthday, am I middle-aged now? And I, I think, I don't know, 35 to some people, I guess, is middle-aged. 40 is, I guess 40 is the middle-aged number. I don't know, but I, it's not like it bothered me psychologically or something, but it's weird to, it's just weird to think and look back because when I'm 16, 17, 18 years old, 35-year-olds seem like borderline elderly yeah i know but then i look and it's like okay but i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing you know i mean i've got the family situation squared away i feel like i'm I'm doing professionally what i'm supposed to be doing in my life and so everybody's going to become 35 or 40 or die so the real test is just are you doing the right things that you should be doing by the time that you get there and as long Mm -hmm. as you feel satisfaction in that then who cares we're all going to grow old and and uh there's no avoiding it. I don't know. I think in your thirties, it's more about what you're not doing anymore. Hmm. Like that's what makes hmm. me sad when I compare my lives to other, to other people's lives. Like when people are still partying deep into their thirties, uh, yeah. like what are you, it starts to get really sad, you know, where I when see you carry uh, that twenties behavior in there. The classic I see is, uh, well, there's that, but then I see a lot of people who, um, maybe have not gotten things squared away in their personal lives and they're still posting ambiguous cries for help on Facebook or elsewhere, you know, post an Instagram about like life is just not fair, but growing up is learning about, you know, it's just some bullshit. You don't even know what they're talking about. It's like, we're not 16 anymore, man. (laughs) Go talk to your husband or your wife or whoever. No one gives a shit. People only want to see like, you know, pictures of your kid and that's all shut up. Um, Yeah. And so there is a lot of juvenile behavior that I think sticks around unless you transition into the adult world of marriage, of children or responsibilities in general. If, if you're the sort of person that's still going to the bar and finding dissatisfaction with it at the ages of 35 or 40 or higher, um, yeah, uh, we get ready for uh, worse and worse stages of dissatisfaction. That's going yes, nowhere. That's a totally. dead end. I take it you are not in that situation, Red Falcor. You are not going to the bar and then complaining about it ambiguously on Facebook afterward. No, and I was n- n- never much of a partier, to be frank. I I try try, try to 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 be be be, be uh, a uh, a bit more more out there in my 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 my, my uh. 
late 20s and early 30s, but that was kind of a disaster, to be honest. So I'm not really interested in uh, going back to that. Mm. I'm uh, feeling much more settled now. So... You um, uh, but you're, are no, you still I, up in the in the Portland area these days? I'm I'm cl- close by. I'm in. Uh, how's uh, that going? How's it looking? Tacoma is. Um, oh, you went to Tacoma. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I'm in in West Tacoma. It, it, it's lo- lovely, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, so, 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 suburban and um it's it it, it rained today even in uh early august it's uh you gotta like the rain i guess it's yeah it's yeah my kind of weather um so all right but 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 you know before i go uh-huh i think as as we age, it's important to um, stay connected, and that's what a previous caller was also talking about. Yeah, and you know, uh, uh, I, 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 I had an idea actually. Um, uh, more than um, just uh, re- re- relying on. Um, on the uh, contact sheet, uh, I think hands of the show should should um, st- step up into being uh, regional or st- 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 state uh, co- coordinators of. Meetups. Yeah, we need like and chapters would... and officers. And yeah, <laughs> yes, um, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, exactly. it's not. Sometimes it's not preposterous. Hierarchy. It's it's just the only thing is like uh, it's asking people to take on or uh, you know a responsibility and work that is. Uh, I'm sure it's not Unpaid the hardest and, thing in the world, but yeah. it's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I get yeah. it. You got you got responsibilities. You got things to do. Um, but maybe yeah. in the future. Um, we could think about a way to the, the, the contact sheet was always like, it was born out of a a moment's idea, sort of like you're talking about right now. So even the way it was, or even the way it was created was not as good as it possibly could have been in terms of its organization and all of that. I'm fully aware of that. It's like, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's kind of messy. Um, right. But maybe if we kind of, I think this is how we. It's, it's, this could be how we um, win back the culture too. You know. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it, the, it might just yeah. be as simple as like, could we? Yeah, could we figure? Could we put out the call and see if people are just willing to be like a point person, a contact mm-hmm. person? Like this is the person who is pledged to respond, um, and go right. from there. Obviously, different people might organize it differently, but I get it that like you know you go into a contact sheet now and there's probably like. I don't know. There might be a couple thousand names on there and it's like, okay, who this person posted my general area in like 2020 or 2019. Is that person going to respond now? I don't know. Um, If we had a little bit more formality to it, it probably would be helpful. It's one of those things that's like, you know, I I'm, I'm completely impressed and amazed at how much um, 
community has been built off that. I also know that like given my own demands on a, a week to week basis, like, you know, I got a lot of things I got to get done. And so the, the contact list has never right. been the top of the priority stack, but, um, well, they, they might be a task that an assistant is capable of helping me with in the near future. That's all I can say. And, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, and I think it's more realistically possible in the next coming months for reasons that I can discuss later. Okay, great. Not to be too, <laughs> too Cryptic. weird about it. I have, I have plans. That's all I'm saying. I have plans in, in, in play. Um, and I'll be able to talk about them soon. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good night. Thank you, man. It's good to hear from you. Okay. Uh, Ratchet Republican is next. Ratchet Republican, are you there? Hi. Hear me? Yeah. Hello. What's on your mind? Got you. Oh, I wanted to talk about the the Montgomery, Alabama massacre. Uh, Everybody wants to make this a. That's that's why I say I don't want to get into the racial because it's so irrational. Everybody wants to make it a, a racial incident. Is this the recent thing where there was like a big brawl, or am I thinking of something else? It's the boat, the, the boat thing where everybody's where you have all these people fighting each other. Yeah, it was like there were white people punching black people and black people punching white people, and I don't even know why they were punching each other. Okay, so what happened was that there was a dock a boat like it was like a tourist type boat and the boat left the dock and then some white people put their i don't know what they call it this specific type of boat they put it there and they were told not to put it there so the tourist boat came back and then they were telling the people to move the move the move the boat but they mm-hmm. wouldn't move the boat so one of the black guys was sent to move move generally basically move it out of the way and then the white guys who were the owners of that boat um, started, you know, shouting at him and they got in a tiff and they started fighting each other. There was three white guys on the one black guy and they were fighting each other. And then uh, people joined in the fight. But the thing what happened was, was that after that fight got cleared, everything, everything was dead in that situation where those white guys were beaten up, they were beaten up and everything. They gave the green light to other black people to go and start attacking other white people who had nothing to do with the situation. And that wait, was so the these from- these uh, black people who joined after the fact were they a party? Were they in a party with the first guy, or were they just like opportunists? Like, all right, it's time to kick some ass. Okay, opportunists. So the first three white guys deserve what they got. They got their ass beat. They're working for a fight. They got their ass beat by one black guy. No problem. Is yeah, that they how were, it, they like were, one guy kicks they, their they, asses? No, 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 no. Other oh. black people joined in the fight. Oh, okay. okay. So to help with the black guy. That because was the first he was fight. being was uh, ganged up on. Ganged up on. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. But people want to make it about race. That incident itself, that beginning of the whole thing, wasn't about race. Mm-hmm. It was just a domestic dispute, right? It had nothing to do with race, right? This happens all the time. You have 300 million people. You're going to have disputes and between different you know, groups of people, and it has nothing to do about race. But what happened was that gave the green light for other black folks to be running around and beating up on instigating fights with white people because, again, that's their fantasy. There's a lot of black people in this country that have a fantasy of beating up on white people. 
I'm, I'm telling you. If they could, if they had the impunity, they would do so. And the reason for that being is that there is a strain of inferiority complex that that's that permeates between in the black community that is put into the black community by the racial hustlers and telling you that you're oppressed and that the reason why you're poor is not because of your choices but because of this white person did this white this white person did that yeah. and it creates a it creates that animosity that's in the community and i believe yeah, that I, mean, a lot I guess of what you're saying is this an interesting social experiment where it's like Here's a white ass to kick for free. Do you take the opportunity? And you're saying they did. They did. Yeah. And I, I and they did. And another aspect of the situation was there's a lot of people who are trying to, who are roasting Candace Owens, roasting Ben Shapiro and the, the conservative media for not covering this as much. And I don't I don't take I don't take it I don't I don't take that argument because first of all the story is being covered correctly. Usually conservative media is, is to fact check the mainstream media when it comes to racial incidents. You know, when a black person is doing something wrong, but they're being defended by the mainstream media, conservative media will come in to rectify that situation. But yeah, I saw that um, they're not even bringing hate crime charges in this case, right? So it's, uh, I mean, that tells me that they really couldn't stretch it. Yeah, it's a domestic dispute. And yeah. headline and, NPR Montgomery brawl doesn't constitute hate crime charges. Police chief says, hmm. yeah, it, it was, it was a domestic dispute. They, you know, this happens at the clubs all the time. It happens at the bars all the time where you have the bouncer and the, you know, the drunk dudes who don't want to act right. And they get in a fight. That's what happens all the time. So, um, so they, you know, they're blaming, you know, coming for Candace Owens and these people, oh, why aren't you covering this whenever you have a, you know, a mob, a black mob, you ain't co you cover that, but you don't cover the white mob. Oh, that's the angle. I, that's the angle they're coming at. But what I'm what? saying is that the mainstream media has picked it up. It has correctly, <laughs> um, correctly given the situation. What is there for them to talk about? What do you want them to talk about? They're being held. Yeah. They're being, they're being, um, they're being adjudicated. They're being arrested. Everything is taken care of. What's the problem? Yeah, I haven't seen. A, I've seen this story in passing, but I've not seen a lot of discussion of it. And if the white guys are the initial aggressors and they face charges for being unjustly, violently aggressive. Um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, that that seems. Yeah, like what's the, the story? I mean, there's no, there's no story here. And then one thing I've noticed is that on Twitter, I don't see no white folks taking up for this, these three white guys. I don't see nobody taking off. Nobody's making excuses for them. Nobody's talking about their childhood. Nobody's talking I'm, about oppression. I haven't Nobody's seen the footage. So things. they, the guy was trying to move the boat and they just, they got violent. They, they weren't provoked into violence in any way. They just got violent with them. No, they had a, a verbal dispute. We, I didn't They're hear just talking shit. I couldn't hear what they were saying, hmm. but they had a verbal dispute and it was going back and forth, back and forth. And then the white guys instigated the fight. They hmm. put hands on him first. Yeah. And then that got out of control. So, you know, you know, they probably thought that because there were three of them and one of him that they could get their way. But they found out that that wasn't going to happen. Mm. So, you know, it, it, it just goes to show you there's nobody in, in, in white media making excuses for them. What about all. the the uh, the guys who joined after the fact, the black guys who joined in to kick yeah. a white ass for free? Did they get charged or? Yeah, and there's—I don't know if you saw the video. There was this guy with this um, with this chair. He had a chair, like a plastic chair, folded up chair, and there was this white woman who who was 
getting was fighting with somebody. She, she was on the floor, and the black guy took the chair and beat the crap out of her, and he was arrested. Um, I, oh, I think I was, did see I that think part. He was yeah, he you know, I should, I should probably be fair. I got like, I'd have to see what they did because if you are, if you see a guy being ganged up on unjustly three on one and you go to intervene to break that up. I mean, that's not, you know, mm-hmm. that's not kicking an ass for free. I, I don't know exactly no, 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 what they no, no, did. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm not yeah. talking about that incident. I'm not talking about, I'm talking they, about the rest of the black. They did some extra stuff the, is what you're saying. Extra stuff. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. That's all I'm talking about. The, the, those three white guys got what they deserve. I have no problem with that. They got their ass whooped. Good. You know what I'm saying? No problem with that. It's just, and everybody, you know, black Twitter and, you know, because I follow Black Twitter and Black YouTube, they, they, they literally talk like this, like it's the massacre or some kind of civil rights thing. And, oh, look at us. We're so proud of ourselves. I'm like, come on now. Yeah. This is what we're proud of ourselves of. This is what we're proud of ourselves of. Act, you know, acting like, acting like this, this is what, this is what we're, we, we hold up our proud of. This is what we're proud of. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I just wanted to warn you, white folks, you can't out-savage savage. You can't out-savage savage. Don't try to out-savage. Yet. I don't know. We did that once no, with the Indians. Cannot. We'll do it again. Uh-uh. You can't out-savage us. That's it. I, don't, I don't take offense to that term because, you know, I, yeah, I'm a savage. Don't fuck with me. That's, All right. that's the way I see it. take your word. Okay, for it. don't fuck with me. That's how I take it. Unless I see so you I trying to no move my boat and then, I, and then it's game on, man. <laughs> yeah. It's over. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a story. This is a, you know, as I said, this just shows you how irrational the argument can get. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting story. You know, you should look into it. It's, it's real interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch the footage because I've only seen bits and pieces. So I don't know exactly how it all unfolded. But uh, all right. Well, thanks for the insight, man. Good to hear from you as always. No problem. Good to hear. Bye. Good to- Bye. Okay, uh, we're just before the top of the hour. Maybe we'll do a quick early break and uh, we'll hop back into the calls. Uh, Laser 47 over on Rumble. Matt and I once went vegetarian. We tried to eat each other's meat and never oh. looked back. Oh. Uh, I, I was wondering where that was going, but uh, it got there. Let's see. I will eat your ass. We're good on Odyssey. Uh, where did we leave off on Tippy and YouTube? Moscow, Moscow. Oh I don't yeah, know. we're not Russians. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> Sorry to all no. Moscowans, if that's how you say it. Um, Mr. Squidlies, uh, I would like to put forward a contender for the least gay sport: boo hurt or full contact <laughs> armored fighting. Boo-hurt. All the best I, parts of MMA said, and hockey. Also, if anyone wants to do a meetup in Virginia, hit me up. I thought it said butt hurt. But yeah, boo hurt. Okay, yeah, this is like uh, it's like I'm going to a Renaissance fair and watching the Knights fight or something. I've seen, um, you know, someone emailed me once uh, some pretty detailed footage of him doing this, and yeah, it looks pretty. Uh, I mean, it looks pretty hard. It looks like it. It's it's pretty legit. It's so, a man sport, is what you're saying? I guess. I mean, I don't. I don't think I'm going to be putting on a suit of armor and trying to brawl a guy anytime soon, but. I could, I guess I could see it. I don't, it doesn't, when you're wearing armor, it seems like it's hard for it to get truly gay. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> At least in the like literally gay way. You might say, you know, that's gay. Like it's lame. I mean, like touching a guy's ass gay. Yeah. It's, it seems hard when there's armor involved. Dunamis prime. Would you ever consider doing a video on Justin Trudeau? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Well, we love Justin Trudeau over here. We didn't even talk about his divorce. 
No, I yeah, I guess we didn't. And then he went to uh, Barbie with his son and posted that. Um, I mean, what is there to say about Justin Trudeau? The guy is, uh, I don't know, he just, I, I like to believe that I have uh, a moral conscience that would stop me from kicking an ass for free in a way that was just described. But Justin Trudeau is pretty tempting. His face, you know. I'm not saying I would, FBI listener, who would he'll give me the Provo treatment. Um, I'm just saying, like, he, how do I describe this? Um, you know when, a, like, a gay guy is really flamboyantly gay and it's like, all right, that dude's just way gay. So gay, it's, like, not even bothersome because he's just so far gay. Yeah. Justin Trudeau is, like, ostensibly a straight man who leads a country but he's so femmy in this like halfway way that's enraging. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah, if you're yeah. going to be gay, just be gay, man. Be gay. Not, not this like yeah. weird halfway thing. I don't know how to describe it, but that's that's why it's bothersome. That. It's his butt and his hair. His butt and his hair. What's wrong with his butt? No, he's, he's got a really gay butt. OK, you never seen Justin Trudeau's I butt? Uh, no, I have not inspected it. Probably Google it. Um, Nicholas H. How many seven-year-olds do you think you could beat in a fight? I don't know, like two tops. Uh, I think I could take like, I'm going to be ambitious. I think I could take 10. I think, think I could take, take 10, 10 seven-year-olds. Seven yeah. Have you seen what seven-year-olds look like? They're not that small. Well, okay, give me five to start and we'll see how I handle that. But all I need to do is get like one solid punch or kick and on each one and they're done. So if I can do like one big swiping kick and knock them all over, like uh, I think I'll be in pretty good shape. But with 10, you're right that they could. That's like Wolfpack type stuff where they can if they're coordinated enough to surround you and operate as a group, they Come might at get you. you. And I got it. Like, how much does a seven year old weigh? Uh, 50 pounds. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're about right. Uh, 41 to 68 pounds on average. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of... If they're working together, that's a lot of weight on your body. They could conceivably hold you down, you know, if they all work together. Also, I think that having the weight distributed between three autonomous seven-year-olds, it would be harder to fight them than to fight one 150-pound person. Maybe. It's more to keep track of, more... But they have to be working cooperatively and that's where i think they're on I can, the same team yeah but like how strategic are seven-year-olds how smart are these seven-year-olds i don't know hmm. come on brian i heard blonde's dad was watching on sunday mr blonde i'd like to congratulate you on creating such a hot human being respectfully sorry if that was cringe just a crush love you blonde. love you too i'm old i'm pregnant I'm married so i might have to take this take this uh, little crush over to Who's the thing now? Who's like the hot young? I don't even know. Pearly things. Your favorite person. Okay. I would never send somebody over to her channel to crush okay. on her. She's a giantess. Uh, I don't even know. Is there some hot young chick on the, on the rise or whatever? We'll circle back. All right. Uh, thank you guys. We'll come back to your chats at the end of the show. Appreciate it. Okay. Um, next up. I'll have to just circle back with you. He's a Michigan expat. Mr. Expat, are you there? Ohio, Ohio. Hi. Are you referencing the state or is that just a greeting? So, yeah, that is, yeah, that is the joke. I mean, this, this is a joke on like multiple levels. First off, I'm saying Ohio, which is, you know, Japanese for good morning. And then Ohio, right. the state of Ohio. And it's like, you know, mm. you're, not, 
neither of you are even in the state of Ohio. You're in, you know, Montana and Idaho. So that's, 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 you know, two ways. It's kind of the same idea though. Sort of close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the name, not geographically, but in the name, Idaho sounds kind of like Ohio. But yeah, I'm totally tossing around this idea of starting a news program in which I report on the news in the state of Ohio and, you know, I deliver it in Japanese or somebody delivers it in Japanese. Like I, I hire like a hot Japanese chick to do it to uh, uh, read the news in Japanese to all three Japanese people living in Ohio. So and the show is going to be called Ohio, 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 Ohio. Yes, exactly. That would ah, be the idea. Okay. Well, well. Very so, clever. Uh, blonde. I like it. <laughs> so uh, blonde uh, pornographic ai generated content using your likeness when exactly no god that's like my worst nightmare no right it's like you better get on top of that yourself before someone does it for you and you know you don't you don't get the money for it you know oh There's she'll no get on top of it <laughs> <laughs> digital um, here yeah no I, I want no part in that <laughs> There's a, all of this stuff is going to get very legally complicated very soon. The images oh, yeah. I've heard a lot of samples of recreations of people's voices that oh, are yeah. very convincing. Oh yeah. Um, this is going to using someone's likeness in a deceptive way is going to be a big problem. Uh, morally speaking, of course, but just Absolutely. how it's, how it's handled legally is going to be very dicey. Oh, Absolutely. Let's see here. I mean, yeah, I just I just wanted to make the joke, but yeah, then you then you bring up a really good point there. But uh, okay, so I have a really old question for you. I've been meaning to ask for some while, but okay, here we go. Could Trump? I mean, knowing knowing what we know now, I mean, you know, three four years later, whatever hell whatever the hell it's been, should Trump have intervened in the Antifa slash BLM riots back in twenty twenty? Yes or no? Mm. And why? Um, as I recall, just so I get the context right, they did deploy some National Guard to defend the courthouse, right? And that was a big controversy. And that was it. Um, they didn't go in and police like, you know, city property or something like that. Um, my position on this, it, no, I'm going to take the position that federal police should be minimized and should stick strictly to federal jurisdiction. And if you guys in in Portland have a problem with the way that Portland police are policing your streets. That is a Portland problem to solve. I understand that puts a lot of people at risk, a lot of businesses, a lot of citizens of the city. Um, But I just, I want to, I want to maintain a system where people in that jurisdiction are holding their leaders accountable for problems in their jurisdiction. And I want to make sure that a federal police force is appropriately limited and minimized, even if it might be good in this case, the more federal police you have in general, the more problems you're going to have. So I think the restraint was uh, the restraint that was exercised was probably correct. I don't know. I don't think there's a problem with defending the courthouse if that's federal property. But don't uh, don't be just assuming the role of Portland police. Yeah, but wouldn't yeah, it have been I... good for morale? What about mm. that? I mean, I like <laughs> trust me when I see Antifa people take a pepper ball to the nuts. I appreciate it just as much as anybody else. But <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to maintain my principles here. So that's what I'm going with. Oh, I don't care about that. I think it would have been great for us if we could just see like people in Black Lives Matter getting beat to death by um, yeah, like masked government agencies. We kind of validate their point a little bit, though, I guess. Yeah, I know. But it still be satisfying. Uh, but it yeah, would have been I, a show, I, yeah. I, I'll grant your point. And Antifa, can't forget them. 
I mean, in my in my opinion, you know, we could have quelled, we could have quelled the you know, communist revolution, you know, nip that right in the bud. But you know, we didn't intervene because of you know, like what you were talking about. So yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, you know, Trump was you know damned if you do, damned damned if you don't. You know, if he intervened, you know, he would look like an asshole, and you know, he didn't intervene, and you know, he still looked like an asshole. So. I mean, yeah, that, that, that was just one thing I don't think you could have won. But in my, in my opinion, knowing everything we do now, I mean, I, I would have quelled the communist revolution. I would have nipped that in the bud as soon as it first started being a problem, quite, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. Well, clarify to me what exact when you say that term communist revolution, exactly what are you talking about? Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, your BLMers, your Antifa, I mean, you know, they're avowed, you know, Marxist. You know, yeah. trying trying to uh, you know trying to make you know America a communist country. So I guess you're saying you, you anytime there's a whiff of like uh, one of the one of the summer of love riot type events, you you want the federal police storming that. In my opinion, everything everything we know now, everything we learned since then, I would say yes. I actually I would. I uh, I understand the inclination. I just I know I mean, how corrupted I mean, as everything. Someone, I mean, as someone, I mean, as someone who has been effing roughed up by the police, you know, swatted, whatever, because of, yeah. uh, you know, some Arab chick. I mean, yeah, it, still, even, even in, in, in that sense, yeah, I would have intervened. I just, uh, I, I see the, the concentration of corrupt power in DC and I can't, I can't imagine that being a, a net benefit long-term, even if it kicks the right ass in the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, I mean, BLM and Antifa still had inroads, you know, with the communist party or whatever, so, you know, that's, you know, corrupt power right there. I mean, you're, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I guess you're using a corrupt power to fight a corrupt power. You know, I mean, quite frankly, nobody, nobody on any end of the conflict is a good guy, quite frankly. But I mean, no, I just, just think knowing- that I just think that these as bad as they were, and I'm not trying to minimize them. They were horrific events that cost, yeah. I mean, they cost lives. They, they were, there were billions of dollars in property damage, yeah. according to the insurance estimates. That said, though, they were very localized. They were limited to specific urban environments and oftentimes like a specific set of a few blocks, a few, you know, within possibly a square mile of a, of a certain city. And I, I think that when problems as even if they're very severe, when they're that localized, it needs to be incumbent on the local authorities and the people there to solve it first before it's just like you know, send in the feds to rough everybody up and leave town. It's yeah. their, it's their problem to fix, but it also maintains accountability. It's like these, that was the big complaint that they had with the feds at the courthouse in, in Portland was like, some of these guys were unmarked apparently, or at least that was alleged. I don't know if it's true or not, but they didn't have their specific police force uh, patches on their, on their kits and they didn't have names and they operated like some kind of ghost force or whatever. And I mean, I, I get it when the ghosts are getting the guys that you want them to get, or sometimes even the guys that objectively should be gotten for lack of a better word. That's great. It's just, we have to recognize the danger that we're setting up in that situation too. And the, the lack of, or the distanced accountability when we have federal police officers who don't give two shits about the city that they're raiding, they're not inclined to, uh, be thoughtful about some of the excesses that they might engage in. If they know they're just mm-hmm. going to go in and rough people up and leave and face yeah. no accountability for that. True. So yeah, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, 
I mean, at least, at, I mean, at least to, you know, a certain extent, I mean, you know, just, just letting them uh, burn and loot and massacre to their own little dark hearts, uh, dark intent. I mean, I, I guess it kind of, maybe it red-pilled a few people, maybe mm -hmm. exposed to them, you know, these people are just thugs and what have you. I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, if that's, if that's the end that we accomplished, then I'm for that, certainly. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to maintain I would have intervened, you know, in light of everything, even my, even my own personal situation from, you know, 2014. Um, which I it's a counterfactual. Before, I wonder how it would have played out. Like, let's say yeah. I'm just thinking of what would have happened if instead of uh, being exercising restraint with federal police and limiting them to areas of federal jurisdiction, Trump had just decided to say fuck it and send them in and bust all of these up with brute force. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it would have had, like, would it have stopped some of them from happening? And yeah. the other, the other thing that absolutely would have happened is there would have been a legal mess. There would have been, the True. the Portland's and the Minneapolis's and the Seattle's absolutely going after the administration in court for yeah, exceeding. True. In this case, of course, they're, they all, wanted, of course oh, they're already. Yeah, they're already going for Trump, you know, with yeah. whatever whatever indictments for you know, J6 and whatever. Else, and that's the thing. Know, like, that's yeah. a given. So I'm not saying, oh, you got to avoid that because it's like in this case, suddenly they'll be advocating for the limited federal government that I'm talking about. So yeah. they, they finally found a role where they, they think the federal government shouldn't be involved. Yeah. Um, so I get that. Like, I understand that going after Trump legally or the or their political opposition legally is basically a given no matter what uh, strategy is yeah. chosen. I just I just wonder, like, would it have would it have stopped some of it or would it or is it possible it would have emboldened some of it? They would have gotten even more pissed and burned, rioted, looted more. Mm. I don't know. Um, I have. How do you think it would have played out? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think Trump would have gotten some supporters if, you know, he's saving someone from, you know, getting their house burned down, you know, some shit lib who's, you know, pro BLM, but then, you know, BLM is burning down their house and then Trump comes along and saves them. And, and the person finally decides, you know what, actually this person kept my house from being burnt down. Maybe I'm going to be a supporter of them from now on, you know, hmm. it was, uh, it'd be a campaign exercise. Exactly. Trump should have gone and kicked their asses himself. He would have had more votes. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm watching that show. I'm not thinking about, yeah. I'm just grabbing my popcorn in that case. I'm not thinking about my principles. If Trump is personally going in to kick their asses, I'm, I'm tuning <laughs> in for sure. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, thanks well, for the thought exercise. Well, last, uh, last word, just, uh, just remember whenever you're watching a movie or a TV show or playing a video game and you have some same sex shenanigans going on, you have to remember to call foul unnecessary gayness. <laughs> okay. You can make you can uh, make a sounder out of that, by the way, if you want. Foul, unnecessary gayness. <laughs> All right. Thank you, man. Have a good night, you too. You as well. Bye. Uh, on a related joke, uh, it, it, the <laughs> unnecessary gayness. It's kind of funny because I've had a version of I've had a version of that joke in my own house in an inside way for a long time. Because he, I gather you don't watch football; it's too gay. But have you watched enough football to under, to know that the referees will do their signals like, you know, this is a false start or yeah. when someone gets a touchdown, they do the touchdown symbol. When the game is paused because of a penalty, they'll they'll Grab stop out in the middle of the field and they'll 
they'll do their sign and and declare what the penalty is and the the yardage or whatever the consequence is. I've always wanted them just to call generic faggotry. And it, the symbol for faggotry is that. Faggotry, number 56, defense. That's every guy. They penalty. wouldn't even know who they're talking to. Yeah. We need to, inter- you know, sometimes it's just generic faggotry and they need to call it. It's like it doesn't technically violate the rules. Anyway, great story. I know. Let's get back to the, to the callers. 88M. And I guess Good I should evening. clarify um, people who are listening later, because this is mostly an audio show. Uh, the sim- it, faggotry is two fingers pointed <laughs> together. I, I know you can't see this after the fact, but, you know, it's like two dicks touching tips. That's faggotry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's on your mind, 88M? Uh, last year, I called in about the Army Combat Fitness Test. Yeah. Okay. So I'm here to give up an update about it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because now the Congress and the Senate has side to join the chat about the Army Combat Fitness Test. Okay. What so, can you quickly give us a recap of what the last discussion was? They they relaxed them or what's the what's the deal with them? The last was the Army Combat Fitness Test was on its fourth version because of the failure rate of female soldiers. That's right. Okay. And so the army was like, the army and the Pentagon were like, dang, what should we do now? Oh, Wait, are they actually this. trying to have them have the same standard? I, I, they, no, they, they went, they went to uh, female and male standards. And the women are still failing their own standard. Uh, no one's re- I haven't seen any reports about that, but I take it as yes. So, oh, okay. All right. So because what's the, what's the update? Female soldiers don't care. Um, uh, so the Senate, uh, the Senate's, Senate just approved a couple of days ago the National Defense Operation Act. You know, that's for the funding. And they want the Army to go back to the old, the, the, the old combat fitness test from the 1980s. They want to go back to the, the APFT center. But the Congress wants to create the they want to stick with the army combat fitness test but the new one but just for combat mls's if you're going to be combat you have to have the same standard for males and for females okay so so if women want to get into combat roles they have to pass the same physical test that a man would am i understanding that correctly yes Yes. okay it was just the senate and the house of Representatives are now going to have to fight this about this the Pentagon has been fighting this the past four years, pretty much. So it's been like, yay, guys. The Pentagon couldn't figure this out, so now we got Congress involved. This is going to work out great. Well, they have a lot of... Uh, I wasn't aware exactly what the the moves or the the, you know, the the items they have to complete on the, on the test. I knew about the two-mile run, but it's a three-rep maximum deadlift, standing power throw... Hand release push-up arm extension. What the hell is that? What's the push-up modification that they did? Uh, it's you You go the whole way to the ground, then you stretch okay. your arms out, and then you go back in and go... You and I assume you up. can't really, like, rest on the ground, right? You got to uh, get right yeah, back at you gotta it. Keep, you got to be in a constant motion. Yeah. You uh, like the waves. <laughs> they've got a drag carry, and then a yeah. plank, I assume, just as long as you can go, or what? Uh yeah, plank as long as you go. That, and then the the plank was run. introduced for females because the 
other event that they had before was too hard for them. So we went to the plank. Okay. All but right. It's just that the army has already spent over, recordingly over like $107 million already for the new PT test. So it's like, or no, the army spent over $78 million on the new PT tests, probably more. So it's just like, how hard? Let's keep wasting money. <laughs> Jesus, dude. How hard is it to design like a, a basic fitness test? That, yeah. I mean, I guess it's the politics of it that make it hard, but it shouldn't. It should just be like, okay, you need to run this far in this amount of time. You need to be able to do this many push-ups. You need to be able to do this many sit-ups, whatever, pull-ups. Just basic strength moves at a certain quantity in a certain amount of time seems sufficient. But now we have to make sure that the correct groups are able to pass the test, it sounds like. Yeah, it's just females are not passing. That's the big issue. Most females don't care to pass because they go, you're going to kick us out. We don't care, really. Yeah. I wonder what the volume of women trying to enter combat roles is. I have no idea what that looks like. Low, I'm sure. I would would assume. Are they really banging on the door to get in there? Not really. Some are. Very few. But the army tries to get them to come. Come on, join combat. It's fun. Why would they try, dude? Jesus. Because diversity. (laughs) We, We... Female soldiers add yeah, well, to the f- and I'm, I don't know. It's not even like a scoffing at women thing, though I guess it is a scoffing at women thing. But, but I, you want to mess up the way men perform um, and have the men's performance suffer to introduce chicks into that environment. It's not oh, just yeah. like mixing men and women and there's going to be sexual components inherently, but just the, the protective uh, instinct that men have with women and the way that they're going to, like, you know, if your buddy goes down and you're a guy, you're like, all right, get up, pussy. If it's yeah. some chick, you're going to, you know, you're going to stop and help her and coddle her and all that. It's just, it's just going to be different. And I assume that's why every test that I'm aware of where they try to actually insert women into the, like the Marine Corps did that de- uh, a fairly uh, thorough field test of inserting women into sort of, um, uh, combat tests or combat com- rows yeah and and yeah combat does- rows and the females female group with males perform worse at every single event yeah There's not one event that they can be a standard with the males jesus man it's like you just have to combat roles you have to be realistic about it like i understand maybe there are some women who want to serve their country and, and you know i'm not gonna say it's impossible for a woman to serve in any military role at all. There are all sorts of support things that we need, but Jesus, man, like the idea that you can just insert them into some sort of combat role and not have lives on the line as a consequence of that is just absurd. One thing I find was very funny about that Marine Corps study was they asked some, they like were trying to do some damage control. And there was a test between four male Marines and four female Marines. Mm-hmm. Their job was to get anti-tank weapon to a certain place. And the male Marines did it with no issue. They climbed the walls. They did everything perfectly. The females, the walls stopped most. You stopped them half the time. Yeah. They're like, oh, we'll just figure, we just got to figure out ways to get over the walls. Like, use belts, find a ladder, use some rope. It's like, yeah. but then that's more shit. You got to carry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, wait, they say, wait, I got to climb the wall. Get my, get the bell off. Take I'm the so bell sick off of this shit, dude. You know, and, and like people who would criticize this would think it's like woman hating or something. It is recognition that the performance is different, but guess what? You know what men fail at the having babies test. We can't do yeah. it. So why don't, why don't we acknowledge that there are 
gendered performances that, uh, you know, men tend to do very well at certain things. Women tend to do very well at certain things. But uh, that thing yeah. that women do very well is crucially important. It's not like a ha ha no, look no, at no, that it, no. you know incapable chick. It's like, well, what are we doing? This in some ways is like trying to have a is trying to put a man into a birthing role. Though we're trying to do that too. It's like man, men no, no, can no, have no. Uh, you know uteruses too if they try hard enough. You don't understand. We'll just get the male to carry the ladder for the four female marines. Okay, <laughs> that's what we'll just do. Okay, brilliant. So carry yeah. the ladder. <laughs> Right. And I'm sure running around with an eight foot ladder won't give your position away. Okay. Just. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, it's sick. I mean, it, it is putting, it is necessarily putting the mission in jeopardy and it is putting lives at risk for so the it, sake it, yeah. of social engineering. That's it. It's, it's like, they all, they all, like they, one of the requirements they had the PT test was the uh, chin pull up. It was a pull up pretty much with, you got to get your knees to touch your elbows. And it's like, that's actually useful because if your truck overrose or you're in a vehicle that's on fire and you got to try to pull yourself out, that's actually very useful. Yeah. And the females can't do that. Then what are we going to say? Oh, no, she couldn't get out of the truck. She burned. She burned right. alive. Life's tough. You're going to have to climb that or, wall in a situation where you're under fire or you have to bring necessary supplies. Or pull your bat, but pull your fellow soldier out of that yeah. truck or over that wall. You're going to leave them behind. Oh, it's, sorry, yeah. loser. <laughs> Equality. Oh, man. Okay. Well, thanks for the update on the story. Uh, I'm sure that Congress will have its way when this is all said and done and equality will win the day. But uh, I also want to say one thing fast. Too, yeah, sure. That, what you mean is that how there's there's officers in the military right now that are right now fighting for rights that don't exist in the Constitution. Like make sure the service members can get abortion. Yeah, or sure. Transcend, transgender yeah. soldiers are not going to states that hate them. But meantime, you know, rights are in the Constitution. Soldiers have to can get to use them freely. Like you're a soldier, you're sent to California. You don't get to buy AR-15. You don't get to use a full AR-15 with thirty-round magazines. Uh yeah. You're sent. That's, just yeah, that's fine. Um, I, yeah. I assume you do. I assume they they allow the thirty round mags in their uh, their military application. It's just you oh, can't yes. have one in your uh, oh. your barracks or something. Yeah, oh, or your, or your private, private home. You can't yeah. have that, right. right? But but we gotta care about the transgender soldiers going to Florida. But the soldiers were sent to California. Take your. You're not allowed to have that gun. How dare you? God, dude, the gay war is gonna be something else. I can't wait till it kicks <laughs> At off. At least one thing, they won't be able to climb walls. So they just put walls <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the update, man. Appreciate it. Sure. Bye. Okay, let's try to get a couple more here before we uh, finish up the calls for the night. Commander Osis. Yeah. Are you there? What's on your mind? Yes, yeah, that's, that, that's been my call sign since 1994, so go ahead. Have fun All right. with that. Well, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Not much. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. Well, thanks for calling in. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I have to. I want to say, Dangerous Space is a very pleasant gentleman. Thank you. Yes, for he is. We are happy to have him. He's a big help. Yeah. Yeah. So he was talk. He was talking to me, and I don't really have a whole lot to say. I'm from San Francisco, so mm. deep, deep in, deep behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah. And uh, I like to tell people about what's going on because you know you hear the news or whatever. And um, you were talking about. Uh, gay football players. We had one on on the Niners. Kwame Kwame Harris. 
And oh, I don't uh, remember him. I got to look this up. When was this? Uh, well, he got arrested in 2013 for beating up his boyfriend over soy sauce. So there's that. Kwame Harris. I thought it was what's his face on the Raiders who was the first gay guy. He was also on the Raiders. He was on the 49ers first. Okay. Six foot seven black guy. Yeah, Kwame Harris. So he played for the Niners 03 to 07, the Raiders in 2008. Yeah. But was he not openly gay? Was that the difference? No, he yeah, he wasn't openly gay. There was that other one, the guy that was for the Rams for a little while, Sam something or other. Oh, Michael Sam, but he never made the, the field. Um, Correct. But they they still reached on a draft pick for, well, he's gay, so we got to like draft the first gay guy, and then he never played. Yeah. Who's the guy I'm thinking of? Isn't it, uh, it's like uh, Carl Nassib? Uh, yeah, isn't it Carl Nassib? Um, I have, he's the, I've yeah, never he's, heard that name. Yeah, so Carl Nassib is a, is a defensive end, and he he was on the Raiders. First he was on the Browns, then the Bucs, then the Raiders, and then the Bucs again last year. But they credit him with being the first active openly gay player. I, yeah, I, I don't follow that stuff. He came out afterwards, and he was dog shit anyway. He, he was the, the weakest link on their line. Like Bubba Paris. You, ever, you remember Bubba Paris? I don't know. I was. I would think that was under the Seifert. I know all the old Niners shit. I don't yeah. pay attention now because ever since they went with the BLM crap, I just stopped caring altogether. That goes for the Giants, Niners, whatever. Yeah. And they they moved down to Santa Clara anyway. The the Forty Niners. So I don't even go to games. Anymore. I did go to one game at Candlestick when I was living in. Uh, well, I lived in Alameda, so not in San Francisco, but I did go to. I li- I worked right across from the Oakland Coliseum, so I went to several Raiders games, but I only went to one Niners game at Candlestick. And that was. I couldn't uh, stand going to Raiders games. Yeah, it was not a great venue. I'm sure the new one is probably better. Um, but that There's was, no I think one. it was 2011 opener. It was Seahawks, Seahawks Niners. And that was the it, Harbaugh days. It's of, still a Coliseum. There's, there's no new, new venue. No, I mean, San Francisco. Oh, oh, yeah. you're talking about well, the Raiders went to Las Vegas, of course. Correct. Yeah, correct. But back right. in the day, um, and man, I, I, uh, I went to, well, I guess I went to a bunch of A's games. I only went to one Raiders game. I think I went to bears Raiders and, uh, I really didn't have, I, I'm not a fan of either. I just was at the game. In fact, it was a terrible blind date. That's why I was there. And, <laughs> and that's its own story. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but the, the, the Raiders fans, they like the mere sight of someone in like a bears Jersey or whatever they wanted. It was just, everyone wanted to fight. It was a really hostile environment. Yeah. That was, that, that was very similar to, uh, I went down to LA with a buddy of mine to go to a giants Dodgers game. And that was a mistake. Wasn't he there that was guy who was like beat into a coma a couple of years ago? Oh, Brian. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. God, I, I see his face because, well, what was left of it? Yeah, Brian. Um, uh, I'll look it up. Brian. Brian Giants Dodgers coma. Yeah. Yeah, this was before that. I mean, there's been a, there's been several th- th- things. Brian that Stowe. When uh, this is probably this is several years ago now, too. There was a, a fight up here where somebody got stabbed and killed on the other, the other way around a giants fan stabbed somebody and killed somebody. Dude, this guy got off on self-defense. This guy is fucked up too, Brian Stowe. I'm looking at a story of, uh, of him because it's 10 years since that happened. Dude, the side of his head is like caved in. Yeah. Whatever they did. Messed him pretty good. Wow. They really messed him up. (laughs) Holy shit. uh, 
I I don't they they stomped him out. Uh, God, dude, I, I did they ever find the people who did it? I believe so. I think there were Mexican gangbangers, if I recall. Uh, uh. This is a long time ago, so I don't I don't remember. But I mean, it, uh, when I went down there, my buddy was wearing a McCovey uh, jersey, and they were talking shit to us and trying to pick fights. They're all drunk Mexicans. They did send two <laughs> so, guys to prison. You're right. Uh, Marvin yep. Norwood and Louis Sanchez. Yeah, that sounds about right. Guys. Anyway, um, yeah, so Kwame Harris was a gay lineman. Very large, very large gay black man. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, grew, I grew up with this stuff. I, I've, I've got, I know, you know, three or four sets of dink gay neighbors, so... Well, in San Francisco, I mean, it's, it's unavoidable. Um, thank God I don't live in the Castro or anything like that. I did have to drive through it every day for school though, which was really shit. My wife's family is still in the area. So we go back. In fact, I have to visit the area in a few weeks. Uh, so, you know, I, I get to tour some of the, uh, some of the area. uh, Well, downtown's totally dead. Well, the it's, last time we were there in February, I did the the trek up to Nancy Pelosi's house to check it out. I'm not doing that again this time, but I'm I'm surprised they didn't. You did that. They probably were like tracking everything. Oh, it was did. unmarked cop cars everywhere. Yeah, I didn't. I <laughs> I walked on the sidewalk next to her house, but I did not step foot on the driveway or anything that was technically her property because you could just see it was black cars all around. You know, all blacked out. Yeah. You could see people with shoulder insignias through the window. Like they were definitely, they had eyes on me. And if I would have tried anything funny, I, I probably would have been shot dead to be honest. Oh yeah. No, no, no taking a dump on her driveway like that one guy. Or, you know, breaking in and having a weird night with Paul, like uh, David. Well, you don't have any diapers, do you? Yeah. Well, that's why, it, cause that happened last October. So in February I had to go check it out. I was, I was like, I have to see how, what this scene looks like and how he got in there. Yeah. So. I'll, uh, looking at it, it looks like it wasn't a tryst after all. I don't know. I don't really care. The I footage is anyway. what they described it as. So I, <laughs> I guess I have to take it at face value. But that trial, I think uh, there's some important trial dates coming up soon. That trial has been largely hush-hush too, though. Uh, and they still have him locked up, David DePap. I don't think he was ever well, released. That that's how all this stuff works. Everything is swept under the rug, and then uh, they go do something else. It's like a case of Boudin. They they fired him as yeah. the uh, district attorney. Yeah. He's teaching like at Berkeley Law School, yeah. Hastings, or something. They gave now. him a multi million. I think they gave him his own uh, program or like, like his own department. We shit. talked about it on the stream. I forget exactly what it is, but yeah, they gave him a. He's not just like a guy. He they gave him a major leadership role in a major department to talk about, you know, reforming the country through uh through the prosecutor's office. And of course, it's not the prosecutor's job to create policy. I understand they exercise some degree of discretion, rightfully so, but what he's talking about is is all but ignoring the laws you don't like and and, you know. Well, that's it, that's going on everywhere. Yeah. Right? I mean, I thought I thought San Francisco was bad. I think I think Portland has us beat now at this point. Yeah, they might. It's <laughs> all right, man. We got we got to let you go, but thank you for calling in. Yeah. Very much appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Okay, last call goes to I know a fat guy. Oh, 
What's hey, on your mind, I, sir? Oh, I figured you were going to kick me off because of time. No, I wouldn't do that. You've been waiting around. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I honestly think we might be in one of the most fraudulent systems uh, in, that of all time. <laughs> uh, political, financial, what or all? Financial. I, I was okay. watching a video that was they were uh, explaining how the job numbers are forged to some degree. I could believe or that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they they put in a seasonal adjustment factor, and they haven't really explained how that works. And if you look at what they claim they've jobs that they've uh, created, and then you look at the labor statistics from when he took office, they're two different numbers. Wait, explain to me one more time what the what okay, are the two? The, yeah, one more time. The, just so the, I la- the labor the the labor the labor department keeps how many jobs are in the United States? Okay. So from when he took office to when he is now, that's one number. How many he says he's created uh, using other his his job statistics is another number. Okay, so you're saying labor the Bureau of Labor Statistics has just all the jobs in the country, point A and point B, like his the start of his presidency yeah. to now, and the difference there is different than the number of jobs he's claiming to have created. Yep. Okay. And I'm guessing the number that he's picking is significantly higher or what's the what? Couple million. Okay. Couple million higher. And we, Oof. do we know why the difference in the measurement or is that what you're saying that they just haven't really disclosed? Cause, cause, Cause when they, when they produce the job numbers, they say there's a seasonal, a seasonal adjustment okay. factor. And that's and, what's not explained the methodology behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And also, uh, I didn't know this. You've heard of GDP. Gross domestic product. You probably haven't heard it because I hadn't heard of it. GDI, gross domestic investment. Nobody Uh, talks about that. Okay. But nobody talks about it because it's usually the exact same as the GDP because it's like the inverse. GDP is kind of what you produce, and GDI is kind of what you invest. That those numbers are kind of like always the same. Since Biden took office, they've divulged, and GDI is three percent lower, pretty consistently than GDP. Okay, so what would that indicate? I could kind of speculate, but that implies like, am I understanding in a layman terms, less money going in than what is being produced? Well, it doesn't make any sense unless you, unless the the kind of growing theory is that they're actually manipulating the GDP number so it's higher, artificially higher, and that the economy has been a lot worse and maybe we've been in a slight uh, recession by like one percent or a half a percent for like would, like six months now. Would just the massive inflation explain any of that? Because of course GDP is a, measured in a dollar figure, correct? Yes. So so is so is GDI. Okay. It, it could be explained some way by the fact that they fudged the inflation numbers. Hmm. So it's it's it just it's just you you look at some of these numbers and they're not explained and they're constantly like fiddling with how they're measured. So you're just like. Gee, Really yeah, I don't sucks. know why I'm trying to find an honest reason for this when the simple answer is these are dishonest people and they're lying and they lie about everything. Yeah. I, it, yeah, it's, it's, probably it's one of the reasons. Time. It's why I'm, I'm rooting for August 26th. Hopefully the BRICS meeting, they're going to announce the new currency, which is going to be gold backed. Uh, who's they? Uh, who's the they? BRICS. What, I don't know what that is. Oh, the BRICS companies are Brazil, uh, China. India and Russia. Oh, so they've joined together for a joint currency. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah. That actually it's not just them. They have like like 40 more countries that are trying to join and there's like 50 more con- other countries that are like kind of sniffing around and saying, they're "Hey, gonna we might have, want to be involved." Theirs is going to be backed by a real asset? Yes. Go on. How do I join these communists with gold? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll explain to you how how they're going to say it works. It's going to be kind of more of an international currency for countries to trade with each other. Oh, okay. So, so it's going to be gold backed. Uh, the the real problem is going to be trust because they could either put all this gold in one uh, common place, like uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. You probably haven't seen that one yet. I, I've only but, seen the, the yeah, just Die Hard. Yeah, so it it would like they put all the, all the gold in one place, and and it would just be kept there. And every country would kind of trade between it. But that they were like, where would you put that? Singapore. Then there'd be like trust issues. More likely, what's going to happen is they're all going to like keep their gold, and they're just going to be audited, and they're going to trade it that way. So hmm. trust is going to be the big issue. Okay. With this current. So, well, and, and uh, trust just, is the big issue with our current currency. So, you know, yeah. So I, I wish them the best. I really hope yeah. it works. All right. Well, thank you for the insight. I might look into that a little bit more because whenever uh, I, I it's always fun to try to crack the code of, of Biden administration propaganda to figure out how they're doing the lie. It's always a fun oh, yeah. puzzle to solve. So that might be one to look at. Oh, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of interesting stuff. You have to look beyond the BS. I was looking at someone who was like talking about an issue today. I'm like, where is his source? And his source was like the Pentagon. And, and I was like, how can you trust the Pentagon? <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Well, thank you for the call, man. I appreciate it. Okay. Hey, one one more thing. Matt, with your movie reviews, if I ever hmm. become picking it, I may pick movies that are so bad they cause physical pain to watch. I'm kind of into that, so I wouldn't be opposed. I, I'm maybe we should do a special month of of terrible movies because I have my own nominations. Like, not just bad that you like movies that are so bad that they're kind of good, like they're fun to hate. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh no, I'm like so bad, so bad. You're gonna be wishing it ended. <laughs> well, but then people will will vote you. They'll vote the wild card. You know, it's, it's got to have something uh, redeeming. Uh, well, well, maybe, maybe the maybe your audience will say like, no, no, we 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 need, he needs need to go to through punished. this. All right. Yeah, like yeah. They, they probably know the room. If you've ever heard uh, of the room, I uh, know it's a movie, right? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'll get there one day. Though. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Sure. All right. Okay, that'll do it on calls for the evening. Thanks to everyone who called in tonight. And of course, if you're trying to call in, but you uh, you didn't make it or you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't call in live, you can send us an email question. The one and only way to do that is the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. And we'll take those each and every week to end the show as we will right now. Desert Rat says, Hola, you get the hell out of here, you illegal. I was baptized Catholic at 13-ish, and I'm pushing 40 now. I was Protestant for several years in college and thereafter, but I've been atheist for nearly a decade. Uh, Seeing the degeneration of the world sparked an ember in me to consider moving back to Catholicism, specifically SSPX. Being a truck driver would make attending Mass difficult. Thoughts? uh, Thoughts? Much love. You too. Well, to you as well. Um... I, well, it's I'm my the, Catholic ob- obligation to proselytize and help people return to the faith. So, yes, you should do that. And I'm the wrong guy to ask. Uh, but I would say that that 
in, in my insufferably generic sense that I know people who are trying to nudge me along already will be furious about. Now, anybody who is is focusing their life on trying to find a moral truth in that way, I think that's a good thing. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to... I'm not saying it's wrong to try to pick a particular doctrine or a particular form of faith. There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't know enough about those things myself yet. I know enough to say that if you recognize there is some sort of pre-existing moral truth in the world and you want to find it, following wherever that search leads you is a good thing and you should do it. So yep. carry on. Okay. This one's, <laughs> this is a trap. Drew P. Dick. <laughs> Apologize if this question is worded confusingly. You said a human life having inherent value. Why did that? What? I try to give it the old uh, audience reaction and it just, it got messed up. There we go. <laughs> the duct tape strikes again. Sorry. Um, it's a serious point. You said that human life having inherent value is an objective truth, but mm -hmm. that not all human life has equal value. I, I think I said that. Uh, would you agree, however, that the question of which lives have more value than others is predominantly a subjective truth? There's only a small objective component to it. For example, subjectively, your children's lives have more value to you than some random children in another state or country. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that they're objectively more valuable. That's true. Um, the objective component to the question of whose lives have more value would only exist in fringe cases. For example, Jordan Neely, who was an unapologetic scumboy, a scumbag to the point at which reasonable people would recognize that his life was objectively less value, valuable than the life of the average human. Um, I think that there are like there there are ways to get around the the morality of the individual. Like we always talk about triage when we talk about this, but you have to think that a, a young person's life is is more valuable than an old person's life. I mean, that's how society used to think, at least. I think that we're think there are different ways to think about this. I think as a moral matter, all lives are of equal inherent value, as in they are all put in put on this earth for a purpose. To that extent, they have value in the eyes of God or whatever the force is that put us here. Um, when we talk about like, well, do should, should criminals uh, be treated the same or is like an elderly person with a disease? Should that person be treated before uh, a young person with a more treatable condition? Yeah, I mean, those are evaluation. First of all, like the, the concept of the application of justice doesn't assume that that person that that person's life doesn't have value. It recognizes that person committed a crime for right. which justice right. must be brought. Uh, that person, to the extent they're committing crimes, has sort of betrayed the value in their own life. But the reason that we have the process that we do in the justice system to try to make sure we get the answer as right as we possibly can is because we assume that that life has value and to mistreat that life would be an injustice yes. uh, itself. In triage, I mean, there is a recognition. I'm trying to think of how to make this distinction. I don't know if I'll be able to explain it as clearly as I'd like. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. But just because you triage one patient as more treatable than another, I don't think it's the same thing as saying that life is more valuable. If it's, you have limited resources to save lives, then delineating those resources in, in the only way you would do it is by, is by the potential value of each life. Is that is the value that you're talking about the same thing as the sort of in, inherent broad philosophical value of human life, though? I mean, I guess what no. I'm 
it's not that that 80 year old's life is less valuable. It's a recognition that, that um, let's put it this way. It would be wrong to shoot that 80 year old in the face because that 80 year old's life has inherent value. And yeah, it would be should, just if, as wrong. If you have to save an 80 year old or a two year old. Yeah. I don't care who the 80 year old is to save the two year old. Yeah. Or, I guess what I'm thinking is, is the application of resources that are inherently limited. Is that the same thing as like committing a crime against that person's life? No, I don't really think it is. I know I'm maybe not explaining this distinction as certainly not explaining it as well as I wish I could. It's sort of fuzzy in my own head, but I think that we're thinking of these values in different ways right now. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. But, uh, and I will say too, um, the other way that he mentioned was the family thing. Like, I, I think any honest person is going to say, all right, train track situation. You got to put the train has to run someone over. Is it going to be your kid right. or like, you know, a guy from across the world that you've never met in your life? Everybody's going to say, I'm saving my kid. But that is also a situation where um, it doesn't mean that that guy's life over there doesn't have value. Like I would never intentionally murder that person or intentionally harm him because his life has value. But when you think about the subjective quality that the emailer is asking about, in the same way that we think of triage, like I am but one man with limited resources to help people. Am I going to apply those resources to my family or am I going to apply them to a rando guy I know nothing about? Like right. when you have limited resources and you apply them to your family or to, or to a person who is much younger, has a more treatable condition. It's not being smart with resources is not the same thing as actively taking someone's life because it doesn't have value or something like that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'll have to think about it a little bit more. Cheesemaker. Did you have any more thoughts on that? No. There are some things. There are some things I've given up in the, over the past few years because of the woke agendas of these companies like Nike, Starbucks, Disney. One thing I've not been able to give up with the BLM garbage is the NFL. I can't stop watching football. Are there things that you've given up over the past few years and things that you just can't give up? I'm I'm there with football and I know that uh, everyone will make fun of me for that and I'll take that. Um, I just, uh, it's, the, the thing with football, it's, it used to be such a great escape thing. It was just like, all right, three hours. This is one Not thing anymore. I enjoy. I have an emotional. They have toned it down a little bit, but like 2020 after George Floyd. Oh, God. Like, yeah, they've they've toned it down slightly, but I have not been able to to quit that. And it's also like a thing for it's just like bonding time for our family too. like my wife got super into it um, because I like the Vikings so much that she probably is more emotionally connected to the Vikings at this point. It's just a thing that we share, which makes it hard to hard to leave. Um, I don't really buy Nikes anymore. And frankly, I shouldn't have in the first place because I should object to their, you know, exploitation of slave labor or whatever they're doing. Nah. But it was really all the like, what got me off the Nike thing was the Colin Cap like Colin Kaepernick bitching at them until they stopped making So they would stop making Betsy Ross flag shoes I was like, all right, I'm out on that. Um, and I used to buy Nikes all the time. Like the Nike SBs, the Nike skateboard shoes were awesome. And so I don't do that anymore. I never drank Bud Light in the first place, so that wasn't a problem. Um, the other thing I can't really quit that I probably should is Apple. But I also have Microsoft. Oh, yeah. I have the Microsoft P I stream from PC. But like big, big computer companies I've not been able to to kick either. 
Target for me. Ah, Target is another one um, because we don't do a ton. Well, there's two things, diapers and then many of my favorite flannels are from Target, which is a <laughs> real, I don't necessarily have to get new ones, but those are fine, affordable flannels. Now, what do I do? Yeah, those are tough. Michael Schleck, Blonde is a fellow lover of the Great British Breaking Show. What's your favorite sweet to bake? How about savory? Um, I don't make a lot of sweets. I, I bake your odd pie here or there, but I, I really don't make a lot of sweets. What's your favorite savory? Mm. Last year, I was making a lot of empanadas. That was fun. I thought those were sweet. I guess I don't know what those are. They're filled with meat. Oh. Maybe I'm thinking like Taco Bell had the apple ones. Was that not an empanada? I don't remember. Not, not maybe it's, it's Taco Bell. It doesn't really count. Okay. Lee, is this a trap one or is this just a name? I think this is just a name. Leaf Draymond, right? I'm, I haven't been duped or have I? No, you're okay. I think it's just a normal guy named Leaf. Sorry, Leaf. Dear Matt and Blonde, my sister-in-law fancies herself a singer songwriter on par with Taylor Swift. I wouldn't care except for the fact that when she comes out to the family cabin, were her captive audience. How do I tell her that she sucks balls and I don't want to be subjected to this abuse anymore without having to physically fight my brother who has had to defend her when she took over a stage at a concert people paid money to attend? Oh, God. Just Ooh. get up and leave when she's singing. She'll get it. Yeah, I mean, you don't... You, you, they obviously can't hold you captive. You're you're there for... I'm sure for the right reasons. You're trying to be loyal to the family. You're trying not to cause a scene. But I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, listen, it's just not for me. It's great that you enjoy this. I'm going to go, you know, do whatever cabin activity I want to do. Um, yeah. no, I, I, Even though people suck at a thing they enjoy, you know, you don't have to knock them down and like discourage them from doing it and hopefully getting better. But there's no reason that you have to be held to listen to it against your will. Um, I would just... I think you have two options. You could just walk out like blonde said, or if you want to be more direct, you can just say, Hey, thanks, but no, thanks. This isn't for me. I'm going to do something else tonight. And if they have a problem with that, that's, that's really more of a them thing. Like if they don't have the, the decency to allow you to decide how to spend your time. Um, that's uh that's a weird kind of aggression on their part. So I would say, pol- if it was me, I, I would say polite, uh, direct, but polite is the route I would go. Agreed. Um, Bonnie, what baby names do you love but wouldn't ever use? I love several names of Greek origin, like Lanth. I hope I'm saying that right. For example, my husband and I really wanted to pick a name that also related to our heritage. In the end, we settled on feminine version of a really old Scottish name. Also, Blonde mentioned she liked the name Elsa. What about Isla? Um, pronounced Isla. It's of Scottish origin, I believe. I love that. It's one of my friend's kids' names, so it's off the table. Hmm. Uh, um, we're in a real bind. I think I told you about this. But we are trying to pick a boy's name. And my wife and I both love the name Hayden for a bunch of reasons. You can't name your kid Hayden Christensen. Problem is, there's Hayden Christensen. And I've tested this on many people now. And almost everyone I've talked to, I say, hey, do you know who Hayden Christensen is? And universally, the answer has been, Searching their mind for what bell is being rung, and it takes them a second. They go like, "That name sounds familiar, but I don't know who that is." And I say, "It's young. It's young Darth Vader. It's Anakin Skywalker, the actor who played Anakin Skywalker, and you know, uh, Attack of the Clones, and uh, 
Revenge of the Sith. And they go, oh, yeah, that guy. And so we both love the name. Nobody seems to know it right off the top of their head. But I also worry that my son would just be like, oh, he's Darth Vader. So my wife loves it. Um, And I think it's a great name, too. But I'm the one who has more resistance because I fear that he's just going to be teased as a Vader kid. If people have thoughts on that, I'd be I'd be interested I'm not awarding baby naming rights to the audience, but just, you know, to test it out on the public, I'm kind of interested in what what people's thoughts on that are. It's not like Michael Jordan, you know, or uh, yeah, Tom I, Cruise, I something like that. I'm not naming my daughter Elsa, though, because of Rosa. I think you could totally get away with that one. But just my two cents. Mr. Squiggly says there's been a lot of waffling about age of consent and what is and is not an appropriate age uh, difference in a relationship. What would you say to codifying the half plus seven rule where the youngest age of a partner a person is allowed to date without cultural stigma or legal action is half their age plus seven? I think it works well into later years and the earliest stage that you can really be used. uh, It can really be used at is 14, which when you think about it should really start trying to which is when you should really start trying to date in any real capacity this doesn't solve the, the consent the age of consent issue though it just narrows the uh age gap of older couples which i don't give a shit about at all yeah i suppose it doesn't actually operate on the consent yeah you're right it doesn't consent is not the central organizing principle here it's, it's I would, just no kind of, we can't do that can't do it um, but the age of consent but, should be, I think, 14. But to their, I, I don't, I wouldn't go that low, but that's, you know, that's why people are, that's why this is a question left to the states. Yeah. Um, but. 14 is 15. Okay. You're just trying to justify Indiana Jones. That's all. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not looking to start that again. People have Jones opinions, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I think. Even though I reckon, like, no matter what you do, you're just going to have to pick a line and say this is the line. So whether you want to do it with a mathematical equation in this way or you just want to say it's 16, it's 18, it's 15, whatever, you're just going to have to do that. And there will be some level of, I wouldn't, I don't know, arbitrariness, if that's a word. Anytime you have to draw these lines, like the age at which to buy cigarettes or anything else, there just has to be a line drawn. Um, I guess I would like to see a little more thought about where that maturity to consent is actually achieved rather than minimizing the age gap in the way that you're describing. I'm not a, for a bunch of reasons. I'm not a huge fan of like the Al Pacino thing where you're having a kid with some 30 year old when you're 80 or whatever he's doing. Awesome for her though. But I also don't think that that's the same. The consent there does not make it the same moral issue as like a 30 year old guy with a 14 year old girl. You know, those are not the same thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I, I would try to just I would try to figure what that line is and just pick the line based on where it's most plausible uh, in, in achieving the maturity to exercise that consent. Whiskey Noodle says, do you still think these Trump indictments are the Democrats attempt to get him the Republican nomination because they're confident they'll win in the general election? Or are you starting to think they're a desperate attempt to stop him? Well, I heard some guy on the radio the other day saying um, 
Now, let me uh, just to be abundantly clear, anytime the DOJ targets you in this way, they're they're trying to harm you. They're trying to stop you. This is not a help thing. I mean, I don't know. I, I actually don't know that they're mutually exclusive because I guess they could. What I'm saying is DOJ and the legal forces in play here, they could view it as a win win. Either they cobble together some legal theory that sticks in which it definitely harms Trump. Um, or they're not successful legally, but they drum up enough outrage among Trump supporters to really propel him to that nomination. And they view him as the most beatable Republican candidate. And I think there's uh, polling to suggest that could be the case, although I got to give Trump credit and maybe they're wrong in this. His polling has recovered pretty well relative to Biden from where it was in the last year or two. So I'm not I'm not as if you asked me months ago if I thought like a DeSantis or someone else would have a higher likelihood of beating uh, you know, Joe Biden or whatever Democrat in the general. I probably I would have said yes, because that's what the polling showed at the time. Now it's closed and it's I it's, it's this is one of the things I was thinking about when I was writing that last video I posted. It's like, okay, so even if someone beats Trump and gets the nomination, are we going to assume that all of these people just decide, oh, it's time to be fair and civil again, and we're not going to throw the whole machine at this next person to try to stop them? So, yeah, I, I think... Um, I guess what I'm saying to answer your question, Whiskey Noodle, I could see either strategies in play or both at the same time. I think if you're the if you are these people at the DOJ and the the forces trying to damage Trump and or propel their own political interests, you view it as a win, a win outcome, no matter which direction it goes. Right. And, and so they're trying to cover all their bases, I think. Yeah, I think I think it's probably as simple as that. Um, I do think I, I will say, though, I do think that they want to face Trump in a general. Yeah, I think they want that more than a generic Republican um, because they think that Trump Trump has the baggage Trump or Trump's baggage is more exploitable, potentially. Agreed. Yep. Um, Gilgamesh, hi, Blana, Matt. Do you think that it's better for men to wait? Oh, God, I'm the bar. In the waiting room while the woman is in the delivery room having the baby or for the man to be in the delivery room. I've asked many women this question. All of them have said they wish that the guy waited in the what? waiting room because it was easier, less stressful for them. What? Um, I make my husband, you know, I, I think my husband can go either way, but I want him there because I'll turn my camera on for this. Because I want him to know like what I went through to bring his child into the world. It's important for relationships. I was like, women have it so easy. It's like, okay. You're sick for nine months and then uh, you destroy your vaginal canal with a giant baby. Like, I don't want him sitting in the waiting room thinking like, oh, it's just easy. It just comes naturally. He needs to see what I went through. By the way, uh, we had some, uh, not we, my wife had some measurements done today. This baby is 94th percentile. Oh, God. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, from the male perspective, obviously, my wife wanted me there. Yeah. Frankly, if she told me she didn't want me there, I'm not sure how I would handle hurt, that. Right? I I want to be as supportive as possible in that situation for all the reasons you're describing. I understand that I'm not the one putting up the massive physical effort in this case. So I, I do want to be as accommodating and supportive as possible. That said, though, I am the father of this child and I do have a very obvious and necessary role in the the birth of this kid i 
if there's anything I would push back pretty strongly on as far as like a wifely request during the, the birthing process, get out. That would be uh, a tough one for me to accommodate. I think I would put yeah. up some fight on that. Yeah. But um, thankfully, I'm not going to be in position to have to fight on that. My I, my wife would be if I wasn't there, my wife would be very angry, rightfully so. Um, but yeah, last time I was right by her side and I will be right there this time, too. And I, um, I don't, I, I don't see the full show, you know, I stay on, <laughs> I stay northward. Uh, and that's, that's the comfortable position. I'm there for a support role. I'm there to see all the effort and I'm there to see the reward, but I am not, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not seeing the full view. Uh, if that makes sense. Gross. Yeah. Uh, I think you're up. Uh, Captain Norway says, have any, uh, has anyone in your family done any research into your ancestry, been in contact with distant relatives back in the old Nordic lands? Some years ago, we had some folks from Minnesota visit my father's old home. It was really interesting, but unfortunately we lost contact. No, I would love to do that. Um, and I know at least on my dad's side, it's that same sort of situation where there's a bunch of Danish immigrants in, I don't know, sometime around 1900 who came over and settled in farm country, Minnesota. And, uh, and I would love to go to Denmark. I'd love to see all that stuff. I'd love to uh, to know a little bit more about how all that happened and where they came from. And um, one of the coolest things my my parents still have is um, it's like an old uh, trunk from it must be like my great great grandma. Forget it. What exactly the relationship was, but a cool old trunk that came from Denmark uh, all the way into you know, what would become um, a settlement in Minnesota. And uh, I would love to do that. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but, um, but I hopefully before I'm gone off this earth, I will make such a trip. I know you're into ancestry and heritage, right? You'd, you'd be all. Yeah. I did a lot of ancestry um, tracing my ancestors back to, to Scotland and, uh, but I haven't met any of the people. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I must have Danish relatives, right? Uh, They'd be very distant at this point, but it'd be interesting if you could could draw the lines and figure out how it all played out. Um, Tingly fresh mountain balls. Last week, a caller, Doodle Bob, asked for advice about being celibate after numerous hefty black men and mercilessly pounded his ass. (sighs) Right. The response you gave was that God forgives worse acts. My question is, when does God not forgive? For example, if the call repeatedly fails in its efforts and relapses to more even heftier black men, <laughs> when does God say no? I mean, I don't know. I'm not God. I don't, I don't know when he stops forgiving us, but I think that he stops forgiving us when we become unrepentant. Unrepent- yeah, I think based on what I understand, that's the key is do you acknowledge your sins and do you seek forgiveness for them? Yeah. And uh, my understanding is if you do, all things are forgivable. And I know people have their philosophical disputes with that. And I certainly have my own questions about that. Like, is a guy who committed a million murders and then finds Jesus on his deathbed the second before he passes away, is that actually like a a ticket to reward in the afterlife? Because that seems kind of suspect. But even when you draw these weird kind of outlier scenarios like that, the rule that we're talking about is understanding your own flaws, whether that's just realizing that your talents and capabilities are limited um, and having like a basic sense of humility in that way, or understanding that you have committed committed acts that are indeed heinously wrong and seeking to improve yourself. It's just a philosophy of understanding that you as a human being are 
are flawed, imperfect, and that you should always strive to be as close to the perfect form of yourself as you can be, even though that's not yeah. really achievable. I think people would say closer to God, right? Like closer to the image of you that was designed by the creator. Um, that's, that's, that's what that's all about. So as long as you are aligning yourself with that aim, with that purpose, you're probably, you're probably, uh, set. I would imagine I'm guessing because I don't understand all the religious doctrine as well as other people do, but that's my low level understanding. All right. Uh, am I up? Are you up? Uh, I'll take this one. Yeah. Hi guys. My best friend is cheating on his wife with a blonde in his office. Should I tell his wife? I was the best man at the wedding, though I'm not close with her. However, they are just about to start trying to have children, and he is still seeing the woman from the office, not just banging her. They are dating and going on work trips while the wife remains completely oblivious. He tells me it's just a phase and he's going to stop soon. Is it, a, is it moral to act or is it not my place to say? Any advice would help. This is driving me crazy. Oh, boy. Ugh. I don't know. I think you should probably tell her. It'll blow up been... your friendship with him, but who cares? This guy's a dick. I've been in a in something of a, a similar situation and um and I told uh, but what I did was uh you're going to tell her or I'm going to tell her. Oh, and that's great. Good maybe great. that was well, I don't know. I have I have some regret about that actually. Hmm. But I ended up telling her and I'm not friend I'm not in touch with either of those people anymore and haven't been in any meaningful way since that. Um and that's fine, because frankly, I think, you know, I hope the best for them. I, I hope they're in a good situation. I hope things are totally different. Um, it's not an animosity thing. It's a recognition that that guy, I think, was destructive in a lot of ways. Um, prior to that, obviously, he did a lot of things that he shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And this was one of them. And his role in my life was not necessary because of that. So I should I guess my regret is. There's a part of me that thinks I should have just walked away clean and just should have been like this. This whole situation is totally fucked up. Fuck you guys. I'm out. I'm done. This is not for my it's not for me. See you later. Yeah, you did the right thing, though. And you guys weren't going to remain friends forever. Can I um, let's undo that really quick. I want to read. I just want to oh, read sorry. that back once more so I understand the exact situation, what the relationship is here. My best friend. OK. Yeah. I mean, this was something close to. Yeah, I mean, it was a good friend of mine. This is a very analogous situation. It's just my friend was not married at the time. Um, so here's what I would say to you. And this is the question. This is what I would say to myself if I could go back like the 10 years that this happened. Why is your best friend such a dishonest person? Yeah. And do you that's think a that that's... a reflection on you too. Do you think that's going to be salvageable? Like if this is... If this guy is deceiving his wife in this way imagine what he'll do to you you can't trust him and so i think like you don't have a you don't have a uh, it sounds like you don't have a friendship with the wife so it, it'd be kind of weird just to go to her and be like hey i know some stuff um i think you gotta pick you i, I think you could i think you can intervene if you want to or i think you can just quit if you want to but unless this guy stops doing what he's doing and apologizes to everyone involved. This is not a guy who should be in your life in a meaningful capacity. No, I'm not he, saying, the like, chick, okay. Like infidelity outside of a marriage is wrong, but it's less wrong than it is inside a marriage because you've made a deeper commitment. 
So yeah, like, yeah, what, that's true. What, what he's doing is like, if, if your best friend is kind of a playboy and he's like poking some other chick while he's with his longtime girlfriend, like get, it's, it's ultimatum time for him. But like, this is, he, this guy's married. He's about to have children with this woman. He's going to ruin her life. Ah, and that's a key point. You're right. Start. They're going to start trying to have children. Um, that's another angle that I overlooked. You got to think of those children too. It's sort of weird to think like you got to save those children from being conceived. That's like a, a fucked up thing to think, I guess. But what is clear is this seems like a man who is um, intent on creating a yeah. broken home. And yeah. that uh, there are some moral considerations there. All I'm saying is whatever you choose, I hope that you protect yourself too. This is not a person you should be trusting. And, and know just, that this is going to destroy your relationship, but you shouldn't be friends with this guy anyway. Um, Hardly packing thoughts on fake boobs or penis extensions. What is a penis extension? Should we accept our bodies as they are or change God's creation? Do plastic honkers fill a higher evolutionary purpose? Or are they akin to evolutionary steroids? Um, I'm fine with like minor plastic surgery. I would only, I would only get fake boobs if I had like a real cosmetic problem. Like one of my boobs was like three cup sizes bigger than the other one or something like that. Yeah, I'm generally not a fan of the alterations for cosmetic purposes. And I would include also like all sorts of facial things, you know, any kind of anatomical alteration in that way. I am generally going to frown upon um, for the re for multiple reasons. Number one, I think it is kind of breaching the way that you were designed. Um, but number two, it it often ends up worse than it was to oh, start. Yeah. So there's <clears throat> there's that risk, too. Um I, I guess I would be willing to grant an exception for like some people just end up with freak show bodies for whatever reason. Like you ever hear these women who have sizes like double Z's and need a reduction because yeah. their back is about to break in half. I guess I could entertain an exception for that sort of thing. But if it's just like I don't like the way my nose looks or I don't like the way my chin looks or I don't like my boobs aren't big enough. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm I'm not a fan of that sort of thing. Okay. Chris to the J convention of states update uh, a two day simulation occurred over the weekend to give legislators an idea of how article an article five convention would go among the six that passed the simulation was giving states permanent standing to sue the federal government and to abrogate as in ignore any government ruling standard or law. So long as the simple majority of the state legislatures agreed with the abrogation, excuse me. What do you think of these uh, two examples? Um, well, I guess I didn't realize they didn't have permanent standing to sue the federal government, but I guess it would depend on the context. I guess the states could sue the, the federal government for any reason. I know that the state's standing in the um, in the uh, student loan case was a big issue, and that was uh, hotly contested by Elena Kagan and company, that the, the states just didn't have standing to go after the, the federal government. I'd have to think about that a little bit more, but on balance, am I in favor of mechanisms that return power to the states? Yes. Yeah. So, good. Generally speaking, uh, simple majority of the states giving the finger to the feds. Uh, yes. Also in favor of uh, generally speaking, I, there, there could probably be some pitfalls, but more power to states, less power to the federal government. I'm on board, generally speaking. And I'm glad to hear the uh, process is moving along. Yep. Um, Halo with horns. Food recall seemed to occur more frequently recently. Doritos and three at Trader Joe's cookies, soups, another I don't recall. Is this part of the conspiracy theory to put bugs in the menu? Um, I don't know. I remember a lot of food recalls like my whole life. I don't know if this is a 
a uniquely now thing. I'd have to see more data. on. I remember there was like five lettuce recalls when I was in college, like every other lettuce batch. Was it all E. coli? Something like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Food recalls have certainly happened. I guess I haven't noticed them necessarily more common. I haven't felt like they're more common now. Um, so no, I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to shed the tinfoil on that one for the moment, but, uh, if and people want to yeah. give me information that should make me more alarmist, I'm open to it. Ashwin says, hi guys, from last week's question on book burnings, Matt interpreted my question correctly. If book burnings are to destroy an idea, how can you tolerate negative commentaries on those ideas as well? Wouldn't keeping those negative books allow future generations to question their ancestors and the book burnings and basically allow for an opportunity to revert back to the degeneracy that you were trying to kill off? Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. There's an argument to be made there. If you're going to try to burn the concept, don't you have to burn all perspectives on the concept, I guess, is the question. Um, It's hard for me to operate in that headspace because I'm not, generally speaking, I don't think it's wise to burn concepts. And that's not to say that there aren't some horrible concepts out there. There are. I just think that uh, society and individuals function better when we know why bad ideas are bad and we're open about discussing why they're bad. And we choose against them because we understand why they're bad. Yeah. Um, when ideas are sort of forbidden and kind of new or they just sort of exist in a hidden place, they're they're more tempting in that way. You know, it's um, it's like there's a certain allure of the mystery. And uh, I think that I'll, I think about this as I approach, you know, how to how to think about parenthood, too. It's like, do I. Do I want to protect my kid from everything outright? Now, of course, I do at certain ages. But when it comes time, when he is, say, a teenager who um, is going to have more freedom and more opportunity to choose things that are bad, I want him to know why these things are bad before he encounters them. Instead of... You can do um, that without access to all that information, though. Yeah, I mean, of course, I want to present the information through me. um, But... I want him to be I want him to have a solid philosophical understanding uh, and and that is the the path that I'll take rather than trying to hide uh, any and all ideas necessarily, you know. This next question is confounding because I've never said anything like this before ever. Hmm. Uh, Anthony says, Blonde, we heard you talk a lot about single mothers. What about the men? Why do you think men would settle for single mothers and automatically care about mothers' kids rather than wanting to create kids of their own and continuing their own bloodline? Uh, What do you think about women who defend this by saying real men take care of a woman's family when her old man walks out from them? I've never said that, ever. Have you ever heard me say that, ever? Wait, what is the accusation? What exactly did you say? I'm having trouble That I'm like, that I, I believe that men should take care of of a uh, single mother's children. Oh, uh, okay. No, I mean, I think that for single mothers, sometimes it's the best thing that could possibly happen for their children. But for men, it's a, it's a real shit deal. Um, do you think children of single mothers have a chance to succeed in life when they get older or will it be too difficult for them since they grew up in a dysfunctional family with no father figure to teach them? I mean, they're starting behind the finish line, but I don't like this attitude that, because of your childhood, you're just unable to achieve all of these things. Like we all are overcoming traumas and childhood deficiencies and everything like that. And some of us have to work a lot harder than others. 
I don't understand how a man could learn how to be a man in the absence of a father though. So I, I kind of see what you're saying, but if you have one good male role model in your life, you can probably get by. And that question was for you. So I will leave it there. Uh, Juggernaut the Destroyer. Hello, low IQ, high melanin, homo sapiens. Okay. Do you think corporations should be allowed to own housing? Uh, this is that's pretty interesting. I mean, in in general, uh, do I think that that uh, having a business structure prevents you from uh, it, rights we would consider ordinary in other contexts? In this case, property ownership. No, I mean, I think that you have the rights to to acquire and that property just as much as any individual does. Um, but you do have complications from that. There's no doubt when you have corporate interests buying up single family homes for all sorts of commercial purposes, whatever they want to do with with them and may, and therefore straining the market for the single families that would otherwise buy those homes and establish some equity and build a quality family life. Um, yeah, maybe there are some kind of group concerns. It's a great question that really challenges uh, Mo principles or the principles at stake here. Because I, I want to be as, as, as protective of property rights as I possibly can. I also know that 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 families sticking together and owning property is is how you build about as strong a society as you possibly could. So what do you do? Is there some kind of balance that should be struck there? Do you say um, like you, you can't have corporate home ownership if their purpose is to turn them into like short-term rental or even long-term rental units? Or how yeah. do you manage that? I guess I haven't thought a lot about that. I, I'm... I'm not a fan of telling people or businesses what they can or can't do with their property, but I also recognize that if you have businesses so powerful that they they effectively block the the building block of society, the family out of the the American dream of home ownership and having a stable home for your family, then like what are you what are you really protecting at that point? Yep. Yeah. I don't know how to strike that balance. Do you have any you have any idea about what No, I mean we can't bar cor- corporations from owning real estate that's that would be catastrophic for apartment ownership and things like that i think it'd be really bad for the housing market but you don't want companies like blackrock taking over either so i don't know i don't know how to manage i think you kind of stumped me i hate to i hate to punt on it but um i'm that's one that i'm gonna have to think more about just because i i that's Let's follow up on this juggernaut in your next call. Or if you have, tell you what, if you have an opinion on it, uh, send it our way. Um, send it our way next week. I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess if you, you leave it to the states and the localities to decide the rules of property ownership and maintenance, we'll have some competition in that, in, in of those, in that, uh, in that um, in the proposals of ideas there and you at least get the benefits that way i don't want the federal government managing all this sort of thing because they'll just screw it up but um but yeah i mean there are there are real problems with with corporate home ownership on mass in the way that you know is already exists and is expanding so i'm curious for some solutions on that and thank you for the the question that's a um, that's a good one All right. Uh, That is all the email questions for the evening. Thank you guys for submitting those. Again, if you'd like to submit an email question, contact page of the website is how you do it. MattChristensenMedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show 
question form. That's how we collect them. And we'll catch up with your chats and we'll call it a night. Uh, We are all set on Odyssey. Thank you guys over there, over on Rumble. Let's see. Uh, Bert says, hey, Majangas, shut up, silly woman. We already told you that men decide when you stop being hot. Milf, simp, (laughs) militia. Uh, That's right. It's not up for blonde to to decide. Fair enough. I take your point. Um, Shut up. Silly woman. Shadow band, <laughs> what are some of the moral cultural lines in the sand for the right? An example, the weirdos at the Daily Wire with Dave Rubin having a surrogate child with him and his fag husband. We accept that. Yeah. That was, I'm just reading the chats here. Um, no, I mean, the, the Dave Rubin thing, and again, um, we've talked about this on the, on the show a lot. Um, Dave Rubin is a guy I have a lot of personal and professional respect for. I, I don't try to make this some sort of un, uh, unfairly personal dispute. But when that happened, I mean, go back and listen to the to the show. Um, I have a lot of problems with that arrangement because I view it as creating a life with the intent of removing that child from its mother. That's what it is. And I think there is an inherent immorality to it. Um, so I, I have a big problem with that arrangement. It's not, and And I don't feel like I should have to shy away from that. It doesn't mean that I'm, you know, it doesn't mean I'm trying to be hateful or I'm trying to to grab the pitchfork or the torch or whatever. I just I think that there were serious moral considerations that were not properly considered in that arrangement. And I think that we're conditioned just to say, well, hey, that's great. Congratulations. But I mean, OK, but we are taking a child away from its mom on purpose. Yeah, that's not good. And there's going to have to be a conversation someday with those two boys like, well, actually, you guys share a mom, but not a dad. And we took you away from your real mom to fit into this homosexual arrangement because actually it's the homosexual arrangement that takes priority over your welfare. You have to fit into the gay lifestyle, which takes priority over you. That is the reality of what's going on there. I think that it is a misprioritization of the child or a lack of prioritization for the child. And that's why I have such a problem with it. Yeah, Um, I totally agree. But uh, what are some of the moral cultural lines on the sand? Well, the moral cultural line there would be men are men and women are women. And a child is entitled to both mother and father. Mm -hmm. And if you fail as a mother or a father to maintain that relationship for the child, that is a moral failure. I understand there are circumstances where sometimes that happens. You, of course, have deaths. You, of course, have abusive people who split up families and all of that. And I recognize that there are obstacles that will have to be navigated. You do the best with the situation that you can, of course. My problem with that situation, though, is it's it's creating that sort of uh, separation of mother and father on purpose from the start. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan of that. And that, those are the lines in the sand that I would draw. Yep. The kid is entitled to mom and dad, and mom is mom and dad is dad. It's as simple as that. Uh, you good over there? Yeah. Uh, oh, I was just going to give you if you had any additional thoughts on that. Oh, no, I totally agree. I mean, I, I have less of a problem with um, non-biological surrogacy, with less of an ethical problem, because I don't see that child as their mother. But in their situation, I think the surrogate was also the egg donor. Yeah, if I understand correctly, there was a single egg donor and multiple surrogates because the two boys were born at like the same time. So I think there was like separation of the child would be from 
the, the egg, egg donor, donor, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you're also, I mean, there, there's the whole other angle of you are like, what is the moral distinction between rent a room and pro, uh, rent a womb rather and prostitution? Yeah. There's, there's not a lot. No. Uh, and it's, it's, it's difficult to talk about and kind of painful because, you know, again, I, it's a guy I have a lot of personal admiration for and a guy who was very nice to us. I don't say this to start a war or to express hostility, I just don't think that like someone being personally nice and me having respect for him means that I have to agree with their wife concede to yeah concede to the behavior or or say that that behavior is good because I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think I think um, from what I have heard Dave say about it, I think he's pretty conscious of that. And and I think in, you know, I think in a good faith way, there were some people who were much more aggressive in their criticism than I've just been. And I, I, I understand that too. I think the principles that we're talking about are, are very, very important. So I understand why you might defend them with a little more um, enthusiasm. I just wonder for, for Dave, like he seems to grant a lot of the points of the criticism. I've heard him do that. And I just wonder, I have no inside information. I have no idea. I just wonder, to, did he not think about a lot of these things beforehand? Maybe he became aware of some moral considerations after the fact. Of course, the situation is what it is now. You can't go back and erase those lives. Those lives are owed a, a quality upbringing. But I kind of wonder what the philosophical consideration was ahead of time. I, I just don't know. But yeah. I hope the best for those kids, Because they wanted kids, kids and that, that was more important. than that, That's the thing that... It's like, if you want kids, is that the most important though? You know, it's like my commitment to my wife um, is my commitment to my son, you know? Right. And if I just took my son and said, you know what? Actually, like, I really want to go to Vegas all the time and gamble because it's awesome. But I'm going to now take my son and force him into that lifestyle because that lifestyle is more important and remove him from his mom because that lifestyle is actually paramount. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Like yeah. that, that kid is entitled to his mom and his dad and their commitment to him. And when you remove no, I, him from I that totally situation agree. for your own lifestyle purposes, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Uh, Sorry, GIA, just a few more. I have thoughts on that, obviously. <laughs> GIAR token spake. I already told you that you're watching uh, Sallow and Hard Candy. Google them. I'm sure people will coat. To make you sick, you won't have to watch them. You to do. I don't know. Actually, I don't know what that one's about. Um, it says uh, he also said my my apology for misunderstanding. Also says name your son Quincy. I gave you the name and you should use it. Go forth and sire a Quincy. Well, we like Quinn, but for a girl, and yeah. so I have to. You want to keep that one on the table? Yeah. If we go Quincy for a boy, which I don't hate, I like the name, but it kind of eliminates Quinn as a future possibility, and we do like Quinn for a girl. Uh, he also says it's not your place to get in, do everything to make your friend stop and don't tell anybody you need to help him. She won't like the messenger and he won't like the betrayal. Ironic. Yeah, there will be consequences for intervening. Um, and I've sort of experienced those. Those are, those are relationships that were severed for me. And frankly, it's for the best that they are, uh, that they're severed. Um, but I, the only thing I would disagree with there is like, I don't think it's a help thing. I think you have to t- you have to tell your friend what you're doing is fucked up and wrong and you're going to apologize to everybody involved or totally or I'm out. Although maybe that's too much of an ultimatum. Maybe you just say like what you're doing is fucked up and wrong. You should apologize to everyone all involved. I'm out. See yeah. you later. Then he won't do it, though. Yeah. If you're going to abandon the relationship anyway, you might as well get, you know, get him to do the right thing. Yeah, maybe. 
uh, addicted to drums. Thanks. Thank you for supporting the show. Much appreciated. Okay. Let's just catch up on Tippy and YouTube. We'll call it a night. You want to take over? You want me to, uh, sure. I'll do it. Jesus says, don't worry, Matt. I'm a fan of the show too. Oh, great. (laughs) Thank Thank you. Mr. Spider 49er. Thank you so much. Bo Cephas, Matt Blonde, apparently Hillsdale now has K through 12 charter schools. Something to look into. I'm glad Mike Rowe has convinced everyone to be welders, but we need to just define our aesthetics with art and fashion. That's yeah, that's true. I, I don't know that Mike Rowe has really convinced a lot of people to go into trade. I'm still seeing a lot of people like don't want to do that. Hmm. He's a pretty effective messenger from what I've heard. I, I hope it, he is, he's yeah. successful. We need regular working Joes, man. Um, yep. We're losing that. Me too. My apartment was just a mile away from the courthouse in Portland. I broke my lease and moved a week before they attempted to burn down the building next to mine. I think letting the church burn in DC would have won the election for Trump. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe if they didn't intervene at all. Yeah, I could see, I could make the argument either way. And that courthouse, man, I had an internship right down there in uh, 2009, 2000, yeah, 2009, 2010. And um, it's a cool spot in the city. It's a shame to see it so wrecked. Yeah. Nietzsche also says uh, GDI is one of four parts to make of GDP. It usually amounts to about 15% of the GDP. The others are consumption, exports, government spending. The last one should be excluded, but I do not know if that mm. number exists. Yeah, government spending. Yeah, really. Um, uh, yeah, I always com- forget that's part of uh, GDP, right? Uh, thank you, Nietzsche. Um, Incompetent Hands, a great video today, Matt. So Captain Solo or Dr. Jones, better to play illicit affair or actually cheat with Carrie Fisher. Blonde will say John book from witness even though i didn't ask her a gd thing blonde isn't wrong though uh so we're saying who's the worst guy between indiana jones and han solo yep uh what was han solo han solo what was the cheating i forget the exact situation i know what indiana jones's thing is because we just talked about it but what was han solo's cheating yeah who were they with respectively well, I remember Carrie Fisher like kissed her brother, right? <laughs> kissed Luke Skywalker. I should say Princess Leia kissed Luke Skywalker, who is her brother. But was that the cheating? No, that that can't be what he means. I don't know. I got to refresh my memory of the uh, the Han Solo plot line to say which is worse. Um, you know, the thing about Indiana Jones, and I'm going to try to limit my Indiana Jones criticism because there's a lot of Jones lovers out there. But the thing I forgot about, too, that I if if we did the review again, it's not just the underage angle, which your dad was right, that according to the original script writing, Indiana Jones was supposed to be 27 and uh, Marion was supposed to be 15 at the time of this first encounter. And uh, we can debate uh, that. But the other thing is she was his good friend's daughter. You know, that's such a fucked up angle on it, too. It's like if you are, say, a 40 year old man, you have a 15 year old daughter and you have a friend who's 27 and your 27 year old friend nails your 15 year old daughter. I'll fucking kill him. You know. Uh, uh, sorry, what? Did, did you, did you, this, this female fantasy. No, that's all. It's just it's a uh, it's a. Well, I don't the female fantasy is I want my dad's friend, I guess. But I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. It's just, it's like the friend betrayal too. I I kind of, I feel like I did not emphasize that enough when we talked about the, the, the movie. Um, but I guess that's the point is that, uh, Indiana Jones and, uh, Dr. Ravenwood or whoever he was, they had a falling out and, uh, given the circumstances, I can understand why they would have a falling out. Yeah, really. You banged my daughter. It sounds Uh, like Indiana Jones running away without his pants off, dodging bullets was the fall. Yeah. (laughs) Hypnagogic monk. 
The Trump indictment and all of its fans keep saying Trump knew he lost or he tried to overturn the election. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he hadn't lost until the election was certified by Congress. Am I crazy here? God bless you. Well, you are not crazy. Yeah, that would be technically correct. I think the argument from the DOJ is he was trying to prevent that final certification that would cement the loss. Yep. Uh, would be their argument. So, yeah, uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Dutch Schaefer right. says, hey, guys, new to the channel. Love it. So why does the left support Ray Epps? He's MAGA, right? Well, yeah, but the reason. Well, thanks for tuning in and thanks for the kind words and for supporting the show. Uh, that is the great question about Ray Epps. Not only uh, it, why is he still not charged, even though they were saying uh, what, like a month or two ago that they ex- that the DOJ told him that he's going to face charges soon. And they were blaming Tucker for that. But why the why is he defended by the likes of the New York Times and other media? Why do they they like him? Because even if yeah. they wanted to say, well, he didn't technically commit crimes that the other people did, they don't really have to go to bat to defend his honor, like that sixty minutes interview where they try to make him a victim because he lives in a trailer in the Rocky Mountains somewhere in an undisclosed location because someone visited his house in Arizona or something. You don't have to uh, you don't have to go to bat for him in the way that they do, but they do. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I think we all know the answer to that question. Um, where the oh, I can't even find my own sounders, but it's that time. Fed, 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 fed. I think we're all set. Uh, oh, just just one more. AC. I can never tell if these are people's real names or traps. AC Cooterick. <laughs> it just sounds like Cooter. That's why I thought it was a trap. I'm sorry, AC. That's probably just totally your... I I never know who's trying to trap me or not. Thank you for supporting the show. Thanks for what you guys do. Check some... Uh, uh, at Papa Shoney. We farm hard. Well, I will look that up. Uh, I'll look it up right now. Oh, Papa. I read it. Uh, Papa Shoney. Papa's honey. <laughs> I'm like, what's Shoney? And who is Shoney. this Papa? Who has it? At Papa's honey. Um, all right. You guys have... You guys have honey products. Uh, I will check that out. Um, thank you for uh, tuning in. Appreciate it very much. And good luck with your Shoney and or honey. <laughs> uh, that wasn't quite epitome, but it was close. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I think we're all set. Anything else you got? Uh, nope. Okay. Uh, thanks to Mr. Nargis over on DLive too. Appreciate that. Okay, uh, well, we will call it a stream. Thank you guys for tuning in. Very much appreciated as always. Uh, If you missed any part of the show, of course, the audio of the show will be posted over on the podcast page of the website as soon as we're done, mattchristiansenmedia.com slash podcasts. You can listen back there. Uh, If you'd like to find anything else show-related, head on over to the website, mattchristiansenmedia.com. We, of course, will be back on Sunday to discuss all the week's news. And uh, we hope to see you then. Until then, have a great night and a great week. Bye, guys.